So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Of this moment, the force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I will take the next chance. And the next time. You're all rebels, aren't you? You call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. So, Simi, there were two or three predictions about Solo that we made in different ways at different times that happened um, in very different levels, but we ended up being right about pretty much all of them. One of them being Darth Maul on your end. And I told you I went back during my break recently, listened to all our old podcasts. It was fantastic. Simi, I want you to know I'm making some changes in my life. I just joined Backpatters Anonymous. Um, but, man, do they pack, pat each other's backs a lot. And I couldn't even take it. So I'm back for backpatting. And I'm sending it to you to pat your back about Maul. Because you fucking called the shit way, way, way before Solo. And no one knew that one. Even the insiders didn't know about the Maul reveal, man, by the way. Yeah, dude. I just think he's just such a deep, awesome character who said five words in his quote-unquote life in the star wars original canon and and now it's like you can do they've done so much with him with with savage uh with the whole uh witches like everything that's going on that he's doing and the character that he's become is is almost better like it's he i've said this a hundred times on our podcast but he's darker and he's funny and he's almost like a character out of something from shakespeare like the way he speaks and laughs, he's like this crazy Hamlet character. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just I really enjoy him. I always thought as a child, as a child, I always thought in terms of the advertising that they did when they came out with uh, one through three, they they really focused on him. Or I'm sorry, one and uh, more so one uh, in the original uh, advertising. Like he, Maul's face was like you know, the Burger King cup or whatever the fuck it was. Like he was the, the center, uh, like, like guy. And he had great music. The music they created for mall, maybe actually some of the best music. I mean, whatever. I know you, everybody has their affinity for different movies, but that is incredible. People who swear that they hate every single thing about the prequel still love that music and that fight. It's an incredible scene because up until that point, well, we'd seen a couple fights, but, mm-hmm. you know, in the movies, we'd never seen an epic, you know, awesome lightsaber battle. Like, mm-hmm. st- for the time, it's amazing, and they did some really cool stuff. I'm not fucking with it, but, you and know, this is they really went relevant out. to this podcast, I mean, just to, 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 to yes and that, which is that uh, they recognized they, sh- they killed Maul off way too quickly, and he had way more personality. That was hinted by Ray Park's great subtle performance and Sam Witwer brings out. But every time you hear Sam Witwer talk about the process, he's constantly saying he literally listens to those ads from the 90s. He got copies of it from like a VHS. Like before he goes in the studio to do Mall, he listens to every line Ray Park does on the commercials because there's more in the commercials than in the movie. That's how great he was in the movie. And right. 
just a hypothetical here, man, and then a couple quick intro points we'll get into the podcast because I'm going to Star Wars Celebration next week, people, and I'm not going to... Yeah, baby! I mean, if you follow me online, if you're listening to this, you probably follow me online, and I'm posting, I'll be posting way more. Send me, I'm going to do some, like, quick video hits, two, three minutes. I'm going with Papa Bizzle one day, the day for the episode nine cast. I might be there with my dad, J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, the entire episode nine cast, and my dad, dude. How great is that? That's going to be awesome, man. Great. Um, I'm... I'm going to be doing an Ahsoka um, uh, cosplay headcount, but I'm going to lose track after about 93,000, um, which is going to be great. Ash is going to be there. The whole Rebels crew is there. The Mandalorian crew is there. Everyone knows how geek great out. this is. I never thought I would do this to me, especially because I didn't want to go to Orlando or L.A., but Chicago, yes, please. I've got family. i got friends. You have tons of connections there, obviously. We both have yeah, family there. Town, we love man. the city. And Chicago, generally, this time of year can still be cold, but it also can be gorgeous and sunny some days. Dude, if you can get to a Cubs game or a Sox game, get there. They're both great stadiums. Well, really quickly, uh, a Star Wars news story that no one's um, commenting on, Simi, that except for you and I, is that there were two more Jedi Masters that escaped um, episode three than we knew about. One's much older. His name's Tom Izzo. And one's much younger uh, somehow. Maybe he time-traveled like Ahsoka, and his name's Bryce Howard. With uh, the Phillies 3-0, and two monster mantle-esque home runs, hitting like 900. Bryce and, Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper of the Phillies. Yeah, another Jedi yeah, master. Dude. Did not know that. Yeah, dude. Did not know that. Go Spartans. Go Phils. Um, but really quickly, man, to the series stuff, because we we'll, we'll use them all to transition into the, to the, the episodes here, which is um, exactly what you said um, uh, Lucas realized at one point. So just keep in mind the timeline, listeners. Episode 5, which, you know, again, Sith was better than maybe we feared. It still wasn't amazing. Mostly people were just burnt out of Lucas and Star Wars in 05. So for Clone Wars to come barging in with Ahsoka fucking Tano in 2008, um, three years later, and bring back a character like Maul, and let's be honest, Simi, we're going to see in this episode... They made the right choice by not even trying to give us a rational explanation for his rebirth, which I think was the right move. Um, if you can't, like, let's put it this way. Ten minutes of exposition of how he's still alive wouldn't have helped anything. So they just go right into it, which is fantastic. Uh, so as a, I have one or two questions about um, uh, Maul and then, and then uh, Satine. And then if you're ready, we'll jump into the commentary. Yeah, man. Let's make so, it rock. Um, Again, you were watching the Clone Wars more live than me. When you were watching it, was it still running and had Maul been reintroduced into this whole thing? That's a good question. Um, Let me put it this way. Was it still running? Your early memories of the Clone Wars involved Maul. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And that... um, That's what I meant to say for the first one. Yeah, and also then uh, I think later on as we got into things, Rebels was still Rebels was still unraveling. He had not been in Rebels, so you weren't live. We, you weren't live with the series. I mean, you were way before. I Rebels. was live with. Yeah. I I was live with Rebels. You were definitely live with Rebels, right. and I was not. I was not live with yes. Clone. Yes, correct. You know, so I, yeah. and and I did not know. Um, you know, I. I love the rebirth in Clone Wars of of uh, I guess maybe that's what planted it, but and yep. maybe that's what proved my original point. But mm-hmm. he is so fucking cool, and one is still my favorite. By f- you, we had this argument originally. You know, you like three, uh, but one I'm, I think I'm is really shift, good. I, I, I love Liam. Yeah, I, I love. I, 
I love all that. There's there's three terrific actors leading. There's there's a kid who can actually act pretty well, which is fucking rare. Four, if you count uh, Ray Park as Darth Maul, just physical performance. And then, oh, of yeah, course, Palpatine. artist, he's incredible. Palpatine. Right, but I'm talking about yep. the three main oh, characters. Oh, I know. By the way, that book's um, out, Simi. So that book is out. It is out. Master and Apprentice. Palpatine? Is, nope. Oh, Master yeah. and Apprentice is Master out. The Obi-Wan, uh, uh, the sequel to episode one with the early training of Obi-Wan by Qui-Gon. And then, I believe, flashbacks into that he's had in the comics. There's going to be some chapters. Like, you know, they jump around in Rebel Rising. Um, they, I think we get some like uh, Obi-Wan, I think we're going to get some Obi-Wan and Tatooine stuff, which is why I've had to wait for this book to finish my Ahsoka Obi-Wan story because I knew this was coming in some form and that's going to be canon. So that's going to be great. Um, but yeah, Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, um, you know, Ray Park's performance. And then of course, Natalie Natalie fucking Portman in the most underrated female badass performance of all time. I mean, with George's very, at times, you know, wooden direction, in that movie, with, with a good character, she kicks major fucking ass, and I would watch Phantom Menace over Revenge of the Sith, even though I say Revenge of the Sith is better, nine times out of time, I, I, ten, nine times out of ten, I would prefer to watch Phantom Menace than Revenge of the Sith, for Correct. sure. So, so here's the thing, uh, Revenge of the Sith has this big reveal at the end, and you get to watch... You know, the creation of Darth Vader, which as a kid, it's a fantasy as to like, how the fuck did this dude get like that? You know what I mean? So it fulfills the fantasy. But the reality is one's a better movie because for tons of reasons, we don't need to get into it. But that's another podcast. No, but no, but no, but But exactly. You should feel free to. If you want to stay before the podcast, that's fine. But talking about episode one, we must continue to get into through this No, no, no that's what I'm saying. I just don't yeah. want to go into so much bashing of two and three as to why it's better. Like, that's all that that part we've done yep. and we can still do and we don't yeah. need to do it. I'd rather – that's what exactly what I'm saying. I'd rather right. just talk about how good I think one okay. actually is. Um, okay. Anyhow, right. but let's – Okay, uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a good hold intro yes. into the Clone Wars Give as me, a whole because that is yeah. – that, that's the problem with all of them because what was lacking <laughs> – the content of these relationships ahsoka all these things were totally uh non-existent uh in in one through three and and in their portrayal of the clone wars and it was it wasn't done well i don't think it did a good job so this is the filler this is the new canon and this you know i mean this is one of the coolest darkest parts of it absolutely absolutely so okay simmy well our format's been great i think with the clone wars and doing 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning and then just going ape shit as usual during the thing and then doing a short outro um would you would you permit me just like a a bro moment with me you and the audience having to do with the Bizzlecast, this and avengers real quick and then i will throw it to you literally for a final thought and we'll get into it of course, man. Shoot. Which is, so, we, we, you know, one of the first things we established was that not only were you watching the Clone Wars way before me, but you were watching Rebels before me and watching it live. I didn't start watching Rebels, so I saw Rogue One. And I know it must not seem like it because Rogue One came out. So my podcast started in April of 2015, basically as a lead up to Avengers Age of Ultron, which I could not wait for and is still one of my favorite movies, but also the Black Panther announcement. And then, of course, Star Wars was coming out 2015. I know I predicted way back then that Force Awakens was going to be great, but we didn't really know that it would be super great. So this so I started my podcast a year and a half before before uh, Rogue One came out, end of 2016, right? 
So if you've only been listening to me since 2016 onwards, you'd be like, oh, it's mainly a Star Wars podcast that occasionally talks about Marvel and video games, right? Well, that wasn't indeed the case, Simi. I started actually mostly on the strength of the MCU, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men, Black Panther, Avengers, with Star Wars in the background. And to be honest with you, it didn't change until I saw Rogue One. Like... The, the, it's, it's, it, 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 and I just want to point out as we, unfortunately, we're losing Clone Wars from part of the internet, although it looks like we're going to be able to get it more easily. So we're going to be able to finish off these commentaries, Simi. Um, we were a little worried leave it leaving Netflix, but there's other ways to get it or whatever. But I just wanted to make the connection that I never would have gotten to Rebels without Rogue One, and I never would have gotten to Clone Wars without Rebels. Um, and so the, the level to which people have loved Clone Wars, either from the beginning or much more recently like me is pretty amazing and i uh you and i have talked about uh, oh did i'm not sure i've asked you this question if the mandalorian cassian and uh uh siege of mandalore three series clone wars uh the three series coming out they all dropped on the same day with the entire series and you could spend the weekend binging one first which one would you pick the mandalorian i think I would pick Clone Wars, but if you told me that even a year and a half ago, I would have laughed at you. It's just because but I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I, the Mando. See, like I, just I think I'm story. just more high on Rebels at this point, so I'm like a little bit more curious about that because that's the more recent one in my repertoire. Not that I don't love Clone Wars, but like I feel like I feel like at some levels, like I'm more on a hook with really? Rebels because of. Well, because of everything with the wolves and the time travel, no, I and the agree. I just didn't think but... we agreed on this. I thought you were more on the Clone Wars side. I've been not reading the signs properly as usual. No, no, no. I like if you say Desert Island, which one do you want? Like, I'd rather have the Clone Wars with me than gotcha. Rebels. Okay, like gotcha. if you, I only get so one that's our series, difference. That's and they're difference. both thorough series with yes. you know over five, at least five seasons in each. I'd rather have Clone Wars because I think it's kind of more fun and but mm-hmm. like I, and there's more Ahsoka and all that stuff. So that's that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of but I've seen cl- the Clone Wars over and over and over again, and I'm more the newer thing to me is Rebels. Right. So um, that and like Sabine as a character, like I've, I've grown to really love, and I'm just left on the hook with what's going on, and I mm-hmm. want to learn more about. All of it. So I call her um, bomb stuff. But it's the a Sabine coin special. flip. Yep, it's a coin flip. I mean, really? Like, who yep. are we kidding? <laughs> can, can I just give my version of that, and then well, I'll, real I'll, quick, I'll I just want to. I want to make one point. Oh, um, of course. About what you had said right before that, uh, you know, I actually I'm glad I made a, a real point. Thank to, God to, to Disney. Yeah. Um, the way they sucked you back in. Yep. Because. Um, it was Star you know, Wars. They gave, I, and again, I've said this a thousand times. If you guys have listened to these podcasts, uh, the avenues and the venues and the vehicles that they give you to consume the product that is Star Wars, uh, they've done a real brilliant job of incorporating all different avenues. So, like, they can suck you in one way or another, and then and then you just want more juice, and you know, all of a sudden you're a crackhead for mm-hmm. Ahsoka Tana, and, mm-hmm. and 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 you're trying to move forward, and you mm-hmm. can't. And, and then all of a sudden, there's a new series like Rebels, and 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 she's there again, and it's it's just fucking awesome, man. It's just fucking great. Anyway, so uh, totally. we're really excited. Totally, we're really excited. So I, I just here. I need to wrap up my bro moment with the Avengers. <laughs> Go ahead. Thing. Sorry, I want because to- you're totally right. Which was 
I was hooked by Winter Soldier and the, and the strength in the MCU and hopeful about Star Wars, and it's totally flipped. Now, part of that was I liked Age of Ultron not only as almost as much as the original Avengers. I mean, I think it's as rewatchable. It's not as good, but for me, it's as fun and rewatchable as the first. Like, those two movies are still my favorite comic book movies. But then it was Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and, like, a bunch – even ones I was excited about. Like, for Ragnarok, I didn't really like – and I was just getting comic book fatigue and then the bad DC movies. And then other than Wonder Woman, uh, you know, it was – and then Rogue One happens. And right. it, if I can just I tie all the three properties together, you know I'm a Marvel guy. But I'm childhood, not a DC guy. And over the years, though, I've come more and more to the sides of people who say Dark Knight is the best of the comic book movies because – I thought Winter Soldier was really dark and interesting for a comic book movie when I saw it. And while I still love the Winter Soldier, the more of these Cap and Avengers movies I see, I'm like, much better entertainment than DC, much better production, much better actors, pretty much everything better, more fun, more rewatchable. Philosophically, still nothing touches the Dark Knight or even in the Dark Knight Rises in the comic book world philosophically for me. In terms of being intellectually interesting as well as viscerally awesome, and I, I would, then I, would I saw agree with that. Well, no, no, well, yeah, uh, and then I, but but the the, the I want to hear a response to this actually. Uh, but what I'm I was say was then I saw Rogue One and I was like, Marvel and DC structurally because I've read comic books and seen it all will never reach the heights that Star Wars can reach philosophically but at a way that's accessible to so many people in America, like the character of Ahsoka. You know, you can love Ahsoka on so many levels, but, dude, we spend 80% of our Ahsoka time not just, I mean, 20% goofing on how great she is and commenting about how cool she is, but mostly, like, talking about her powers, her potential powers, what it means for the Philosophy of Force. Our Mortis one was amazing. Um, uh, you know what I mean? And so I just think struck when I saw Rogue One and then what Rebels and Clone Wars could do in animated form and how deep they're getting with the Grey Jedi and Kanan and the Bendu and Ahsoka is in the middle. She gray, is she white, is she silver? You know, the connection with Vader. For me, I, I, I'm more a Rebels guy than a Clone Wars guy, as you know. And I've watched Rebels actually a lot more than Clone Wars. If my Desert Island season would be season two of rebels because ahsoka's in eight to ten of the episodes two of the best ever twilight of the apprentice and a bunch of other amazing ones so i get vader ahsoka and all the awesome rebel stuff um but i do think the series balances out really well but i just wanted to you know stress that even though i'm going to be a crying mess during the avengers finale because i love chris evans i love scarlett johansson team cap everything else is going to be cool but whether they die or they're just done, like the main original six, seven of Joss Whedon Avengers, I just, they've done something that Star Wars hasn't done, which is put 11 straight years together. And so I, my final thought here, man, as we end the Clone Wars, is I do not envy J.J. Abrams because forget the money. There's almost no way as Star Wars is going to match the $3 billion I think Avengers is going to make beating Avatar. Um, the projections are already there. Um, but um, I just have been thinking a lot because I've been releasing solo Avengers podcasts, which I've done forever, which is that I'm just emotionally invested in these actors and these portrayals. Um, I don't know going forward because other than T'Challa and Shuri and the Black Panther crew, I'm not super pumped about a lot of the additions. Although, you know, I'm coming around on Strange. We're going to do Strange commentary, hopefully. 
Um, but personally, once I see the Avengers get the tears and laughter out and digest it and do some podcasts, I am so ready for episode nine and just move forward with Star Wars on TV and the big screen. By the way, dude, also since we last podcasted, they are starting production on the Game of Thrones trilogy this fall, which nobody saw coming. They claimed they were going to take a full year off before starting production. Nope. The Game of Thrones guys are ready to do pre-production on their Old Republic trilogy, man, which other also fits wow. in here, which is the Mandalorians in the old literature. And now in the new canon, go back 3,000 years in their conflict with the Jedi and Sith. And they denied that the, they were getting medieval fantasy people like Game of Thrones specifically to do Knights of the Old Republic. But it looks like they're doing Game of Thrones, Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars edition, 3,000 years ago, which, again, back padding, I've called and you and I have talked about from the beginning of our podcast. So um, final thought here is I'm just in such a happy place with Star Wars right now that the fact that Marvel is killing it the last year and a half and I can't wait for Final Avengers is just icing on the cake. Go ahead. So, yeah, I think you make a ton of, uh, like, that's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. But there's, like, a ton of cool points. I'm going to go back to a little bit of what you were talking about in the beginning that's really interesting. So um, the Batman stuff for me roots from the original Batman and Batman Returns, okay? Um, And even the hype surrounding Batman Forever, even though it didn't miss the hype, it didn't make it up. So the point, the point of... Uh, Batman Forever and the and, ba- and Batman and Robin. Um, they they were try- DC was trying so hard to get back what they got in Batman and Batman Returns, and they kept failing and they kept failing. And then Batman Begins actually, you know, really did it, and they brought it back around. Dark Knight was great, um, and Christian Bale kind of saved. The Batman franchise, if you will. Um, I mean, just to be clear, Chris Nolan, whatever you think of all of his movies, I don't even like all of them. Like, I don't like Inception, but Chris Nolan, top five director with Alfonso Cuaron and a couple others in the world right now. I mean, it's not even close. It's great. Right. So here's my point. So ultimately, all these other uh, studios, John Favre, uh, all these other people tried to replicate uh, the original Batman in terms of its popularity, in terms of how much it grasped people, and in terms of how heroes, superheroes could work. And then there were a bunch of failures before that. Like, do you remember the He-Man movie? They tried to do that. Dolph like Lundgren? Were, I yeah, have the power. It was great, but it was awful. It was really awful. They tried hard, and they didn't do it. And then there was Spirit. They're doing it. They're doing there matches was of Daredevil, the Daredevil, and that's probably going to be awesome. Uh, Spawn was one of the better superhero kind of comic book movies that was very underrated because it was very dark. Um, but they did a really good uh, few-part series that was kind of awesome. But but ultimately, what Iron Man created, that formula, um, and taking each Marvel comic and creating it one at a time is really what they found successful. Mm-hmm. Not as maybe, as you were saying, philosophical as Star Wars can ever be. So there, it really only reaches a certain ceiling in terms of, in my opinion, their actual cult following. Yep. There will always be the cult following of the comic books, who they are. People are going to be wearing Iron Man costumes and the Incredible Hulk. Hulk you know, since fucking Stan Lee invented them till probably forever, you mm-hmm. know, because they're, they're, they're iconic figures in, in our lore and in, in our superhero lore and, and who we think about, right? So they're, they're always going to be around, and we finally figured how to bring them. Oh, that's another one. The whole, the whole Hulk series failed up until this Hulk, you mm-hmm. know, and this Hulk 
they they were still scared to give him his own movie, so they made him share one with Thor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So can I can I can I get, get a little sappy following up on your point and yeah. agree, agreeing with you, which is my then realization because I didn't love Rogue One because it was a dark, violent war movie only or even mostly, but mm-hmm. because of the characters and what amazing young actors can convey with their performances. By the way, dude, Rogue One. On people's lists, whatever they think about the original trilogy, the prequels, and the new movies, right? In any quantity, mm-hmm. Rogue One is no lower than four or maybe five at the lowest on almost any major fan or journalist list online I've seen. Yeah, man, it's fucking awesome. It's a movie All that right, keeps dude, on we're, giving. We, we're gonna, wait, we're I need to wrap up. I need to, yep, I know. And I'm going to go right into the right. countdown from here. But I, <laughs> I, but I need to respond to you because you 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 know you pointed out something I want to say really quickly because this will go be ahead. the last time probably you'll hear from me and Simi before the Avengers movie, which I am actually excited for on an emotional, personal level because um, of my vestiture in them. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I hope we do our Doctor Strange before it comes out, but if in case we don't, whatever. And I don't know how many I'm going to even be doing because I'll be at Celebration and Celebration. So I just do want to say really quickly, Simi, which is Batman, yes, The Dark Knight is way deeper and just tighter from a, you know old school filmmaking standpoint. But right. what was revolutionary about the Avengers are making characters like both Steve Rogers, Bucky, but also Black Widow, Natasha, that should be at best two-dimensional, with those, even with those great actors, fully three-dimensional human characters, to believe, to make me believe through Chris Evans that there's hope for this world in the form of people like Captain America, which I never saw coming, uh-huh. is actually the greatest film accomplishment and so to wrap it all around to john favreau and the mandalorian fuck yeah but we're gonna be talking about that during the commentary tonight so i'm gonna give my spiel here simmy real quick for the listeners unless you have anything to add it to that no man let's rock and roll all right bizzlecast listeners so it is time hope you enjoyed our little intro simmy and i haven't talked much lately and we got to get some stuff out but also wanted to have the darth maul stuff we didn't talk as much to teen as i wanted but we will get it in here so as usual guys cue up the first episode of this uh trio of episodes this trilogy if you will brothers revenge revival it's again 421 422 and then the first episode of season five in that order um we're when, when it finishes uh we will um just basically just count you immediately in the next episode so if you have netflix on um you know like uh go to the next one automatically you know then you'll just pause it during the countdown if not then we'll do, do it together same thing as always line up perfectly simmy's gonna count to seven with the first seven seconds of it as we see the very red clone wars logo come from behind simmy uh, other there might be tears tonight, man. I'm I'm an emotional mood this week. Um, there could be tears tonight. Um, so be prepared, and you'll give us the seven count, and then the quote read, and we will be on our way. Simi, this has been an awesome <coughs> partnership. Thank you again for being a part of the Bizzlecast, and I, you will s- seriously be with me spiritually at every moment of celebration. Um, and I can't wait to show you all my video and photos and, you know, like selfies with Ashley Eckstein and stuff. So I envy you. <laughs> it's pretty funny to think that Natalie and Ashley Eckstein could be in the same room. Stop. Your head would explode. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. 
and then and then Rosario Dawson walks in in the full Ahsoka, like ten out of ten makeup, Ahsoka gear. I, people would just die. I mean, oh my god! Now that she's like potential first first lady, future first lady, by the way, uh, dating corn book here. Okay, here comes the countdown, guys. Simi knows what to do. You know what to do. Enjoy the Bizzlecast. May the Force be with us. And uh, yeah, this is gonna be good. So the countdown's coming. And three, two, one, and hit play. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right, yo, 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 yo. Dynamite. A fallen enemy may rise again, but the reconciled one is truly vanquished. Hmm. I was a little worried about those words. Those were big words. Great. Sometimes you said one like completely reading. wrong, but it doesn't matter because it's nonsense, anyways. Here we go. You love Savage. So, he, he's a little too colorless for me in the design, but because he's a, a dark Darth Maul mirror, I'm cool with it. And the Night Sisters are spectacular. Yeah, I think he's a really good embodiment of the power that they can possess and how easily they can manipulate. Oh man, what do you? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan that you can do Dark Grievous, Evil. dude. Are you for are you for reals, my dude? First time. I, on one of yes. our podcasts, I mean, sounds just definitely like not a, in the series. He's on so one of our great podcasts, in two and three. I will say they're really able to cover a lot more. I think with him as a character in a cartoon than they were in reality. Uh, that was a probably a challenging task. They mm-hmm. they only really had the general in, in a very minimal part. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in three. Mm-hmm. Um, so Savage is a fucking nightmare. Like, he's scary as all hell, and he's just killing women. Look at him. What's he? Who's he running from? So, I have to give this lore a super fast to me, which is... Go ahead. Palpatine's lightning powers. If you've only seen the movies, Return of the Jedi, he's torturing Luke. That lightning is actually a force magic and not a force power. He learns it from Darth Maul's people, from the Night Sisters during the prequel era with Count Dooku, which is why Dooku can do it. And then they basically kill everyone on the planet except for a few Night Sisters. And that's why Darth Maul is actually a slave, a pawn of Palpatine and not an equal in any way in the original movies. And that's why he does what he does from here forward from Darth Maul because his planet was raped to destroyed and you know imperialized in all the worst ways by palpatine's thugs go ahead i really hope they can do the night sisters justice whenever they decide to make them decide to make them into real people you know who would you cast as ventress any fan castings for ventress you know um oh god that i'd have to think about it for a while um you know, like at Karen Gillan, I do Karen Gillan, Nebula. Uh, I was actually going to say Star- Scarlett Johansson would be kind of awesome. So we picked two of the but, top twenty most agreed upon beautiful women on the planet. I think we're in the same territory here. Well, I was just thinking that if she could. A, it's a different universe, mm-hmm. so her mm-hmm. leaving Marvel's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And B, I just like the way her lips are and her face, how narrow and like her cheekbones are kind of like Ventress. So mm-hmm. shave Scarlett's head. Didn't we see that in Scar- uh, Ghost in the Shell? Did she have a shaved head at one point? She did. She yeah. did. And I love you for liking that movie. It's a great movie. It's better in the Japanese version. Oh, wait. Well, of course. 
It is Japanese, right? I, I was really excited that I think yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. Properly. I'm just trying to control okay. myself here early on, so I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just watching. Ah. Oh yes, okay. Now I'm cheering, dude. Anakin's in Battlefront, uh, B- Battlefront Two now. You can play Anakin and all the clones. It's spectacular. And everything is all effed up. Look how mature Ahsoka's outfit is at this point to me. I love this design. This is a brilliant 16-year-old Ahsoka outfit. And is already hinting at the amazing armored outfit of older Ahsoka. Pointing that thing at a Jedi. It's a fucking frying pan. Does anyone do oh, aliens better than Star Wars cartoons? Jesus Christ. They really make little 20-minute movies out of this shit, mm-hmm. you know? I would say one of the top two or three arguments for why Solo could be considered the best or one of the best of the new movies is just because of the aliens and the world building stuff. That's how great the movie is. The cast is incredible. No, no, no. I know. So good. I'm saying those are the primary reasons, but I'm saying the world building is so good that it's an A level in terms of my consideration of that film. Like, yeah, man. It did better world building with much less shit in your face than the prequels. Try the prequels tried to do that much world building. They really did. Do you, it. Do you ever like go to your favorite restaurant like too many times in a week or something like that, or in two weeks, and you're just like, oh no, I'm gonna start hating this. No, no, no. So I I didn't feel like that was solo, but I really like stepped back from it because I really I bought it immediately when it came out, and like so I we did our podcast and like went going, going, going. And I overdid it. And then, so I really saw it for the first time this week and it was just, it was cool. Like it was really nice to get back into it. It was like an old friend um, or like, or like watching again for the first time. It, it was a lot of fun. So Simi, I'm, I'm, you know, you always accuse me of hating on Hayden. I'm a big Hayden fanboy. Just him as a person, how he's conducted himself at this point. I'm thrilled. He's coming back for second straight celebration. People want him there so badly, dude. He's the most in demand of any of the actors. The ladies love Hayden. The old school fans love Hayden. It's great. But let me ask you narratively, if you were showing your kids a true story of Anakin into Vader in a mature way that doesn't involve all the creepiness of the prequels, you could show them Anakin the Clone Wars and then go right to Rogue One in the original movies. You could. You could do that. You could, uh, Depending on their age. Yes. I think actually uh, Rebels is a good introduction to Vader. Yeah. Um, again, depending on... Yeah. Can I spin that in a slightly more positivist way? Which was, it's not that the prequels are bad, but the Clone Wars just made me realize that the prequels created something even more beautiful, which is the Clone Wars, Rebels, and everything going forward. And how often can you say that about a series? I mean, I love the Animatrix, which came out of the Matrix, but that's a tiny example. So the prequels, you can love them, you can like them, I don't care, but it, it did create something beautiful. We would not have Rogue One without the Clone Wars, and I realize it more and more all the time. Look at this. I mean, this is straight from post-apocalyptic shit in Rogue One. Well, you know what I think Hayden really benefited from? Yeah, which I like um, that movie, by the way, Simi. I don't know if I mentioned that to you before. So Hayden really benefited, benefited from the Clone Wars dramatically because he looks so much like Anakin. Um in this, well, it makes him way more dimensional, but it also right. shows how hard of a job, as I've told you on repeat watchings of Sith, I cannot believe that what he was being asked to do throughout the movie, all the different characters he plays. 
you know, he's not Tatiana Maslany in, in Orphan Black. He won an Emmy for playing 12 versions of herself, but he was trying to do it, and Lucas was trying to get him to do it. And that is really hard if you're not in, uh, you know, Gollum, who you hate. I mean, it's very hard to do that. Yeah, so I think they we now that we like We're Anakin's character in Clone Wars, you know, we can kind of forgive Anakin in uh, two and three and in, in uh, episode two and episode three. So we can kind of forgive him for his performance because yep. I think he benefits from this it's, cartoon it's Natalie. performance dramatically. It's Natalie that kills me. For me, the reason one is better than two and three and way more rewatchable is it was great Natalie writing and Lucas had no idea what to do with her in two, especially three. It's insulting what they do with Padme in three. It's an unrecognizable Padme. Makes no sense. That's why they did the new book. That's why the new portrayal on the Clone Wars. That's more the Padme we thought they were headed towards. Again, a corrective for the better. So it's praise. It's not an insult, guys. This is so creepy. This is so fucking creepy. Because if this was done in like horror movie form, I would never watch this. But in cartoon, I love it. He reminds me of uh, God of War. That is Kratos' voice, I think, doing Savage. And I think that's why... Old Kratos. And I think that's why I have trouble with him. is because he so clearly sounds like Kratos. Zeus! Sparta! Zeus! The snake. Never trust the snake. By the way, dude, the God of War game, uh, that one game of the year that just that's way different than the old games, narratively, is like up there with Horizon, but gameplay, the old stupid action ones are way more fun. Way more fun. This is so fucking creepy. Can you can you tell me what's going on now? Is he on Dathomir yet? So uh the witch ta- told him in a in a vision that, that he would find his brother. So he's looking for uh He's looking for Maul. But is he on Dathomir here, or is this a prequel to Dathomir? A oh, I missed that part. I'm sorry. Oh, viewers. my God. How can these only cost a million an episode? This is like, this looks better than Bumblebee. I was just going to say that may be an average. <laughs> this one may have been a little bit more. And they also, like, remember uh, they were talking about some of the things they do to save money. Like, they're smart about it. They use other characters and create characters from them, uh, you know, all sorts of things mm-hmm. based on, on funding. They're smart. Mm-hmm. Dave, Dave Filoni is a genius when it comes mm-hmm. to shit like that. Like, he can he can tell the story and create the art, which is a rarity. Usually there's someone who can just create the art. Oh, that was a weird transition. And, that was just the and time And not to the story. They're like, we don't have enough time. Cut. He runs three miles, go. God. Um, Simi, uh, do you like Ghost in the Shell? I have a series of questions. Do you like Ghost in the Shell? The answer is yes, right? In yes, general. I've seen it a few okay. times. I'd like to see it Do again, you actually. like giant, epic, like, Battlestar Galactica-level battles or Rogue One-type stuff? Yes. Well, no, well, yes and no. That's not no, no. why I like Rogue One. No, no, that's, the, I, no, that's not where I'm going with this question. Just follow me on okay. this real quick. I, okay, you like sure. all these things, so just say yes. Do you like yeah. epic, b- epic science fiction battles that look cool, right? Or even when the Matrix yeah, is hitting, course. right? When the Matrix is hitting, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Do you like Michael B. Jordan and or David Tennant? Of course. Do you like Arya Stark from Game of Thrones? Um, Ma- Maisel? Yep, Maisie? Maisie, excuse me. Because yes. you get all of that on Genlock in the more eight-episode adult anime, high sci-fi 
near future. It's like Voltron for grownups mixed with Ghost in the Shell. It's unbelievable. And Why this is reminding me of it. These guys are comfortable fighting a Look at this. Sith. This looks cooler than a video game. What's that? What's your question? Oh, I just oh. wonder why these guys feel comfortable fighting it. Okay, this guy figured it out. You know what? This is brilliant. They needed to set Savage's power level pretty high again, right, for us so that we respected Maul even more. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also the power transfer from, from Savage to Maul is an interesting process because, you know, Maul has lost his mind and does he look like you? Oh Do you know God. whose voice this is? It's, this is the uh, the piggy friend of Hondo's voice, the Asian guy. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Lando's was it Lando's guy or you know what I'm talking about? From the pig, no, you're right. The, yeah, yeah. Can you hear it? You hear that? The hit that Asian accent. He's done like 700 voices in his life. It's amazing. What else do you, does Kratos do? A lot of other shit. Yeah, go talk about the episode because I'm I'm on the same length as you, and I want to open some info pages here. So uh, let me let me get a couple IMDb's open, and then we'll jump back to that. So just give okay. me some. Yeah, give me some. Just talk yeah, about so the filmmaking part of all of this because this, this to is me looks literally beautiful. my like biggest fear. You say about everything you're, is you, you, acid you're fucking rain. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, all these other scary ass fucking things, mm-hmm. but acid fucking rain is really hard to avoid. Anyhow, okay, here's, here's and a good it's positive probable. thought. It's going to happen. I read the other day. I don't know if this is pop psychology, but they say even the ability to talk about what you're scared of to somebody else is already like a step in dealing with that fear, which I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that because I used to never even talk that I was horrified of snakes speaking what's going on I used to be so scared of snakes even this would scare me and I couldn't talk about it once I started talking about it and lived in Africa I just had to deal with it and dude Star Wars is all about having kids deal with their fears right I mean Darth Vader is so scary when you're a kid but you can't take your eyes off him it's 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 the most educational but non-prosaic preachy thing I think for young boys and girls in all its forms and us, <laughs> who are young boys. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is... He's fucking pissed. Had you known that Amelia Clark survived two brain aneurysms? Yeah, dude. I read that article the other day. And she's so, starting like a new fund. To- this is what's so yeah. fucking crazy. This is so fucking crazy. This is where it gets dark and fucking crazy. So it's a so joke. Ever, no, I never ahead. saw the movie. Uh, um, I forget what it's called. The they, <laughs> it's like the scariest fucking human this, centipede. This is, this is no, it's Shelob though. I mean, this is Dave yeah, Filoni yeah. with Shelob. Remember, like Shelob's scary for th- five minutes before she pokes Frodo. They really string out that scene, and then he turns around and poof. Right in the gut. I love that. She loves- Do you ever read the books or see the movie uh, Mrs. Pettigrew and Children of Unusual Gifts or something like that? Really? But it's Potter? a book series, Mrs. Pettigrew's. <laughs> anyway, there's all, they, they, this guy, he can put together like 
a mouse and like make mm-hmm. him like have like robot legs and then r- kill him and then bring him back to life and mm-hmm. he's like a necromancer and and it also reminds me of this fucking mall and his crazy ass shit. So speaking of Potter and Lord of the Rings, Filoni constantly talks about Hideo Miyazaki movies, um, the anime master, and um, Lord of the Rings. But undeniably, there's a lot of magic-y Harry Potter stuff. Do you find any explicit references that maybe people don't talk about to Harry Potter stuff going on? Or is it more just sort of the fact that you can have kind of childlike wonder with magic, but also have it be scary at times? You know what I mean? This is straight Shelob. This is Sam going after Shelob, right? Yeah, no, this is... this is Stay dark. away from him, you filth! Yeah. This is dark and scary. I mean, you'd have to be a reasonably like. I mean, what twelve to watch this? Eleven? Yeah, we always talk about this. I don't know. When you have kids, you can tell me in ten years. Wow! If, if it were up to me, my sister's three-year-olds would be watching Star Wars Resistance, but I don't get to make those calls. Oh! Oh my god! He looks like a crackhead. It looks like an antler. The Maul design gets better across this series and it, even better on Rebels. I think Maul actually looks better in Rebels, but that just has to do with the the color palettes matching him better. You know, maybe at some level, I think I just zoned out for a little bit listening to you and watching this because it's so fucking creepy. But I was just thinking maybe at some level Maul would have been better served to stay the way he is right now versus like, changing in this metamorphosis that is about to happen the problem is then you're really ghost in the shell fucking cool right because that's the ghost in the shell move would be to do that um again in star wars we you know i talk about how all force users are bipedal even dude even the bendu whose giant rock creature he still looks like an two an animal on two legs right so it's just one of those things. They haven't really had a hut or a, other slugs or spiders be force users other than Grievous, kind of, but he still is bipedal. So, yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. So, I can't stop here. Do you think. Yeah, the guy's voice. Uh huh. Do you think Maul definitely doesn't have a penis? I don't know. Right. I mean, as as Data says when he's being tortured by the scary Borg lady in Star Trek First Contract, I am fully functional, my lady. <laughs> so if Data can have a penis, why can't New Maul have a penis? I mean, they made it clear Vader. in Star Trek The Next Generation that if, if Data wanted to fuck, he could. That's interesting, though. Because he's Android, right? But that would right? be, he, that would be like Maul's weird rape. You'd be raping yeah. him because he doesn't have emotions. Yeah. By the way, Simmy, I know this is going to sound weird, but you know I'm not one. You know, you, if anything, the joke is I go out of my way to make fun of the prequels, but I also go out of my way to defend certain things like midichlorians, which are so not controversial that people make controversial. But, dude, if you sliced a person in half immediately with a fiery object that sealed the wound immediately, he would have his heart and his brain still together. So the real question is, how did that half survive the fall down the shaft? The question actually isn't about surviving a cut in half. That would actually work from a biological standpoint. I hate to say it. No, it would. You're not wrong. Uh, So, and that would also explain 
you know, ultimately a lot of his anger. Um, I just want to point out this dialogue. You guys can ignore us and read this dialogue if you want as an option because this is like Shakespearean level stuff. I mean, at some level, it's all like also like kind of clear. Like no, the the delivery. Maul looks looks much better in uh, in Rebels. So if if you guys aren't following. Obi-Wan Kenobi what are we watching, cut him Simon? in half. Is this Harry Potter and 13? What are we even watching? I don't know what we're watching. Oh, stop oh, these guys. It, Gandalf. These are from the Star Trek movie, right? This is the Star Trek. Right. <laughs> oh, man. In case you guys so, don't know, Simi and I are very comfortable with each other. Cut you in half, and now he's a fucking mantipede. Discuss. So Leia will always be. I, I want to discuss that, but I want to make something clear after my Star Wars RPG episode where I had to pick all my top classes D and D from Star Wars. Obi Wan was my paladin, who tend to be the most powerful and the leaders of the party. And I realized that while Leia is the closest to my heart, my favorite uh, character across all of Star Wars is definitely Obi Wan Kenobi. And a great episode. We're going to get you next one. But, Simi, remember that I said, which of the three shows would you watch if they all get released on the same day? If you add the Obi-Wan series to that, if that happens, I would probably watch Obi-Wan first. That's how much I love Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor's portrayal. This guy, you know, uh, James um, uh, Arnold Taylor does such a great job. Obi-Wan's my favorite. But I said that right at the end of the episode. Final thoughts, Simi, as I switch to uh, the next episode, get queue up myself, and then we'll do right at the countdown. I mean, if you guys aren't on the edge of your seats as to what the fuck is going to happen next with Savage and fucking Darth goddamn Maul going to see the queen, you know, then I don't know what. So, uh, you know, we're going to go try to heal his insanity and use him as the weapon that he is uh, in part uh, in the season finale, episode four, part 20 or episode. Sorry. Season four, episode 22. Uh, Here it comes. Proper title, Revenge. Here it comes. And then Sammy will give us a seven count. So cue it up. Subtitles, sound, whatever. Here comes a countdown. Three, two, one. Hit play. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we are live. And we are rocking. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's one of my greatest quotes. I wish they would fucking actually quote that properly. It really cheapens what friend means if you think too much about it. (laughs) I'm actually going to fucking ask my friend Google this question because he knows everything. Yeah, Simi, actually, you're not actually my friend. It's just we hated all the same people at camp. So then by that definition, we're friends. The I just blew like three people's minds out there. <laughs> it's an Arabian proverb. They cut off your ears because they don't like your face. Is that what you're saying? Oh my god! So it's this barbaric, is but creepy. Hey, it's yes, the Aladdin trailers are ridiculous. So they're gonna do a little uh, backstory yeah. now of Maul. Um, and so, what's been going? What's been going on yeah. with him? Can I give you the fan th- feeling about this intro of Maul? Is that fans loved everything about Maul coming back, both specifically and in the big picture, and love him more and more going forward. But not everyone was crazy about Spider Maul. My biggest problem is just some design issues. Conceptually, I'm with you. I would have kept him in Spider Maul longer. On the more I think about it. 
I think they had to kind of cure him of his insanity and make him back to normal to get him back to normal to deal with him on a sanity level, probably. But uh, I think the reality is he would be absolutely more powerful in the condition that he's in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Savage at this point is a little frustrated in dealing with this his quote unquote brother. They had, to and he does you... not really know what he's yeah. in for. I think. I don't know if you agree with this. I think they had to make Savage likable enough, but not too likable enough. Powerful enough, but not too powerful. That that's a that's a that's a tough task for a side character. Well, I think they. I think by likable, you feel bad for him at some level because he is a pawn. Um, so you just feel bad for him at a certain level, and he, you know they're all interesting evil characters but they're like on the fringe of evil so like they're not you know palpatine and they're kind of fighting palpatine but they're definitely not awesome this is fucked up i love the night sisters there's they, they have great roles in the various star wars like board and card games too they find great ways to work in night sisters Dude, so I kind of gave up playing that video game I was playing, but one of the things I was never able to Which beat one? was all her shit. It was like that. Oh, the the, the, one. Um, uh, t- the phone uh, one, t- the heroes, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm kind of off it now, um, because you know I play real video games now because of what you did to me. But uh, anyways, this I'm is a creepy as fuck. What creepy as fuck is how quiet and like chill she is. You know that she just like like lost like a lot of her minion. Oh my god, she is so powerful. Okay, so Simi, uh, let we, there's a lot we can extrapolate. Even if you don't go to Wikipedia, which of course I do, and read all the stuff, you can extrapolate that this is a female dominated society. The men can be powerful, but it's matriarchal. The men can be you know strong dark side users and lightsaber people, but the women have the true power in both the political. And um, uh, uh, magical sense. This is the case. Well, in the they, we wo- see oh, that. Hold on, we hold on, see hold that on, in the on. Ventress episodes. Yeah, right. Ventress, exactly. Ventress is part of that. When she's um, training, when she's training to to to, buy, to get Savage. Yep. Uh, we we see, just did this. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we also see this in the, uh, the 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 brilliant Witcher book and video game uh, sagas. With the women's are the only sorcerers, even though the men can fight well and use a little magic. Um, we see this in Dune, where the Bene Gesserit women who are working behind the scenes to build a messiah and so forth. It's like that. Um, right. And I think, dude, with all the challenges of making a Dune movie, which I still don't want to happen, but it's going to happen with a huge cast, big budget, and a great director, they got to nail that because we don't get a lot of real matriarchal societies other than, ironically, Wonder Woman and then Black Panther in back-to-back years, right? Out of nowhere, we get Themyscira, and let's be honest, who's running Shin in Wakanda? Shuri and their mom. Right, obviously. Um, so that's going on here in an evil way. I just want to point out the connection. Go ahead. So what I was just going to say is what I really like about some of these scenes that like just happened is about like his literal – and I think I said this already, but just to specify, his literal transformation, how timid and scary and insane he just was. Mm-hmm. And Mother Townsend has the power to like, you know, A, give him the right legs right now, mm-hmm. B, give him the like – 
So this is force magic. I have to point this level. out. Sorry, Simi. Nothing that's going right. on here is Sith or Jedi. It's this is from this is distorting the force. Even the Sith use the force. It's just in the dark side way. This is actually warping the nature of reality in a demented way. And so, in some ways, is eviler and scarier than normal Sith stuff. I just want to point that it's out for the necromancy listeners. It's necromancy. It's warlock stuff. It's witcher stuff. It's witching. Like you called them witches. They are definitely witches in the high fantasy sense. There's a reason it's green. Um, and by the way, Simi, if you think about it, everything in Star Wars is normally blue or red, right? Good guy, bad guy. But what is the one green thing in the original trilogy that stands out? Luke's lightsaber, Luke's lightsaber, yeah. I think he dabbled in force magic, and that's part of what made him go crazy. The more I watch this in The Last Jedi and just his weird power set in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, the commentary we did together, I think Luke dabbled in some of this shit accidentally. But that also enables him to do that fucking ninja shit at the end of Last Jedi. And that's what Ahsoka's doing, by the way, uh, with World Between Worlds. That's the force magic that was Palpatine was throwing at Ahsoka during that episode, trying to kill her and Ezra. It was force ma- with magic, not force powers. So interdimensional stuff is force magic. It's interesting. And that's that. She bounces, mm-hmm. and y'all are two together. Can I ask like, can I ask you a nerdy magic question as a Harry Potter guy? Yeah, dude. So you know in Tolkien, it's obvious that not only is magic much more subtle and not used very much, but there's so many different kinds from the elves' nature magic to Sauron's ring magic to Gandalf's, you know, semi-god magic to Aragorn's, you know, the greater men of Numenor semi-magic. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, um, of course. Uh, and I think that comes one of the things that is underrated about Lord of the Rings that comes through to people. Um, it's very hard to pull that off. What Harry Potter pulled off was an insane amount of visual magic over and over again that people just absolutely loved in both a, vi- a visual and uh, literary form. But, uh, you know, with the horror vibe that goes on, you know, that I love so much in Prisoner of Azkaban, another of our favorite commentaries, it, that is another kind of, that's a nature magic. So does Harry Potter, in the, let's just stick to the books, uh, or if you want, do they start exploring the fact that it's not just magic, no magic, that there's different kinds of shit going on? Is, and that's something you're interested in? So I've actually have a lot of other series that I've read that I'm very interested in that have a lot to do with magic and the magicians magic origins. The magicians. The show's one. good, I'm too, by the it. way, dude. It's a good show. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm, I'm, I am in live with that. the show. Um. Though actually, the fourth season just came out. We're trying. Is Felicia to Day it. on yet? I'm not. I haven't gotten to the fourth season. Okay. Um. But um. I, another book I've read is called the, the Alchemist series. But I think a lot of these uh, and Harry Potter and all these other things. But specifically the magician books, they actually address the philosophy of like what magic is. But one of the main things that's like corresponds with all of it is it comes from different things. It's harnessed within people through some God-given right, gene, whatever you wanted to do. They were touched by something different. It is what it is. Um, but then there's also like artifacts that can where, where magic is within the artifact, and then it can be wielded by not necessarily anybody, but it can be more wielded easier than you know actually just a person with magic. And then there's things about you know how do we harness magic, like in Harry Potter. Uh, the the wand lore and what they're doing with the wand. They talk a lot about where the power comes from, but like in I all, I spent magic, a lot of like time Gandalf on my wand his, lore last night. I'm not gonna right. lie. Right. So, 
ear, you love the penis jokes. So and then here I got, I'm Tony I got Stark. one further. What about Gandalf's staff? Yeah. Uh, you know, all, and then also in the magicians, there's Can all I be honest ways to me? To- Simi, sorry, sorry. This is a bit, I'm holding one bizzle here. If you're Tony Stark and your three best friends are Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and the Hulk, I would have uh, penis envy problems as well, I think. And I think that's what's going on. Yeah, but they're gods. <laughs> May as well sit this one out, Cap. Sorry, 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 sorry. Anyhow, so ultimately my point I is... I already like this better visually, sorry. I love the color. I've been playing Destiny 2 like crazy. I love science fiction that is both dark but also very colorful and weird. And, and when they add a little more color to the Clone Wars, it immediately becomes more appealing to me. So the moral of the story is magic can be wielded by magic wielders... It can be learned at some level. You have to be a certain level of something. Maybe it's intelligence. Maybe it's something else. You know, maybe it's just using a different part of your brain. I mean, isn't that what telekinesis is? We only use 12% of our brain. If we could use 50%, we'd move shit with our minds. Uh So isn't that what this is, kind of? Isn't that what a Jedi is? A fucking genius, basically? This is going to be sort of casting your mind back, if you can. When you see them watch Mm -hmm. the hologram and are putting together these three, the most important three, right, both in the movies and in the universe, these three Jedi, especially Obi-Wan in this situation, watches it. When you saw that Obi-Wan took a completely measured approach, saw how serious it was, and was just like, I'm going to deal with this, I didn't see that coming. I thought they were going to go a little bit more kiddie and have him, like, emote, but they actually did what Obi-Wan would do. That's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. I know that seems like a small thing, but Obi-Wan's lack of open, open emotional response for a cartoon character, but you can see behind his eyes, even in the cartoon character. This is making sense. I, I think that was an absolutely brilliant scene from all those characters and the hologram. Um, but again, you know, the Jin father hologram scene I love too. So maybe it, it's something structural about it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you could think of what Obi-Wan's response would be, is that in line with what you think it would be? Would be to take it relatively calmly, at least on the surface? Absolutely. I mean, I think they portray all these characters terrifically. I mean, even this scene where they're actually bringing a a bunch of aliens together and a bunch of known assassins that we know about. Mm -hmm. So it makes the whole scene a lot cooler. These are, there's like three other returning characters in that whole scene. So, I mean, there's something we haven't said in a million fucking Star Wars. And there's a reason that they make Ventress the apparent bad guy, but then good guy at the end that actually helps Ahsoka at the end of the series, Simi. Which is Ventress is the failed Ahsoka. Her life story in the lore with a with a male, an unstable, talented but male uh, pa- uh, uh, master, and her as Padawan. But it goes completely wrong, even though he's not quite as evil. Quinlan Vos isn't quite as evil as Anakin, but it's basically the same story. But for for Ahsoka, it sends her on her own path to become an even better person and Jedi with Ventress because there's a sexual – there's a romantic aspect. It really fucks her brain up. She is exactly the mirror of Ahsoka. I'm sure deep dive nerds who even read and watch way more than me I realize this on some level, but I've never heard it talked about. I'm not sure why. It's so obvious when you watch it and you know over and over again. Uh, or, or am I nuts? You're not nuts, but this is creepy as fuck. Oh, my God. Yes. They had to give him legs here, man. Had to do it. You're going to make him your new villain for the final season. And by the way, Into Siege of Mandalore, which is going to be like, it's going to win Emmys, dude. I'm telling you right now. It's going to win Emmys. 
This is incredible. Even his face is more natural here. Yeah, he had a full transformation. That's the thing. It wasn't just getting rid of the spider legs. He, he had a full body, like a like an ex machina or, or ghost in the shell thing happened. I don't know how. Dude, so even that first scene when he's walking into the fucking, you know, crazy ass, you know, fluorescent plants and the droid is just smashing its head against the wall. Like that is so disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Like that droid that he had to like make it stop. He's like, this needs to stop. That's you know? Crash like, Down people from Battlestar Galactica. Sam Witwer voicing Darth Maul. That's Crash Down and also Starkiller from the Force Unleashed games. Jesus. Savage's that's what I'm saying, Simi. They had to set Savage as even more powerful than you thought, so that Maul would be that much scarier. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, wow. this is the second time this season, right? We saw in the first Satine episode it get his ass beat. But it's okay. You can't always win. He's Yeah, he's but too then defensive. the bad guys make the first That's why he's my paladin, ever. by the way. Dude, you know enough about RPGs to know what a paladin is. It's it's a fighter, but that also heals and has like a faith aspect. Obi-Wan really as great of a fighter as he is, avoids fights sometimes when he shouldn't and gets his ass beat. But he always gets Yeah, at- and he's good at talking his way out of exactly. it. Exactly. And like you know but like they make the mistake of not killing him. Mm-hmm. So, Simi, this is, uh, can I, can I, can I they should have just killed him immediately. This is beautiful. Like, this is like this the, is what destiny well, looks like. So, this is like that James Bond thing where they're like, "You're gonna die in these piranhas in an hour," you know? Like, so they just want to fuck with him a little well, bit, and that's their mistake. Except, what do we know? Obi Wan can do because he senses the Luke's the future of Luke's family dying. Tries to, you know, t- putting Luke on the prophecy path. We know that he feels Alderaan being exploded. Simi, there's a reading of episode four where he reads Alderaan blowing up before it actually happens. They don't frame it that way because of normal storytelling. But time-wise, he might have sensed that it was about to happen before it happened because that's just how his mind works. So him being like, I'm going to avoid the small fight here to win the big fight later because I have a sense of the future is part of why I love him. He's my favorite character and why, for me, it's always been about, for my stolen story, it was always going to be Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, those two characters, because they both have that sense of the future, even if they're not always right or know what it means. Him and Ahsoka, honestly, dude, are really what the series are about more than Ahsoka and Anakin or Anakin and Obi-Wan. I think that's really interesting. I love Anakin in this. I love Matt Lanter. He's one of my huge open man crushes, super dreamy, amazing actor, great as Anakin. But to me, the the Obi Wan and Ahsoka stuff is is just pure gold throughout the Clone Wars. You know, another relationship that I think is really awesome because it's really her, uh, his Padawan. Sorry, sorry. They keep saying it's it's Anakin's Padawan, but let's be honest: the real master to the Padawan is Obi Wan to Ahsoka. Sorry, go ahead. No problem. One of the other kind of relationships that's actually fluent that I just thought about: um, Ventress teams up with. Um, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and uh, Ahsoka at different parts in the series, and they are sidekicks with each other. Um, This one I forgot about. This is so stupid of me, but she saves Obi-Wan. And, you know, she's such a funny sidekick that sometimes, you know, is is one of the best characters ever. I I can't believe she's so subtle and she. Chooses to she, she's Loki. That's the thing. She's Tom Hiddleston. I mean, she can just do that Loki thing. It's brilliant. So few people can pull that off to me. I completely agree with you. 
I think it would be kind of fun to do like an Ahsoka Ventress series, like a mini series, like where uh, they, they like they team up for a second and then she has to finish tracking her. Oh, that's funny. Like that. I, I have that idea one? for the Defenders. I want uh, Jessica Jones and Colleen Wing from Iron Fist to team up and be like frenemy, team up, fight buddies. They're not frenemy, though. Jessica Jones is down with Iron Fist. But only because everyone's a frenemy with Jessica because she's so hostile and so full of self-hatred. Yeah, obviously. Well, they don't love her. Well, actually, I would do Electra. I would do Electra and Jessica Jones, but apparently the nerds hate Electra, so I've stopped even talking about it, even though I love Electra. They should make Ventress a little more sexual. No, no. We do we specifically commented about how we liked that they did over sexualize her. That's No, I know, but it'd be yeah. cool if like like Satine isn't Satine yeah. Satine's gonna die. So, and like, by sexual kind of- guys, Simmy's talking about how you Karen Gillan they make look like a CGI android as Nebula and you see Karen Gillan right. in real life and she's a normal gorgeous woman it just right. in terms and of design I know what you're saying I just want and to parse there's this. a relationship I know and they, I know you never have to kiss but that they care about each other oh in some way. I thought you meant body you know wise I mean? you mean character wise no, I meant both I meant both making her a little bit more like thing and actually in the relationship oh here we go because, here we go because like you know we do have to da, write da, a story da, 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 about da, da, how da, da, da. we have to write a story about how they go after Maul mm-hmm. uh, and Ventress may team up with somebody mm-hmm. to help kill Maul down the road can I can, you know? can I make another episode 9 prediction Mm-hmm. So the thing the nerdy Star Wars fans are mad about at, at this point isn't not having a trailer yet because they know they're waiting for Celebration. I'm going to see it before literally anyone in the world, so that's awesome. Um, but also they just want a name. So the, 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 what's that music called? Do you know? Yeah, uh, the theme du- music? The, that, that song. It's called Duel of the Fates by John Williams. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it's called Duel of the Fates. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to... That was awkward. Yeah, it's called. Duel, no, it's no called. Du- I'm a, yeah. I'm sorry. A music nerdery. Uh, it's called Duel the Fates. We talked about how iconic it is. You remember what the tagline was for episode one? Every saga has a beginning. Guess what's going to be on the poster for episode nine, Simmy? Every saga has an end. I mean, it's a lock of the century that some version of every mm-hmm. saga or every story has an end is going to be on the poster. Look at this shit talking. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'd call the movie? Duel of the Force. Oh. Either Duel of the Fates or Duel of the Force. That's what I call this episode is incredible. nine. So I know that I know that Obi Wan kills uh, him in the end. But what I was saying was uh, like some sort of a team up series. Maul would be in it, maybe in the new Solo. Who knows? Back to the thing that happened early in the podcast before the sound cut out. We talked on Solo. I don't know if it's going to make the final cuts in me. Talked about Solo. The post market, as we predicted, has been so spectacular. Everyone's seen and liked Solo. Even my friends who don't normally watch Marvel or Star Wars really like the Solo movie if they've seen it. And more than I thought would have have, which is exactly what we said. To have a long tail, eventually people would see it and, and appreciate it. And with the cachet of those actors who are going to keep being nominated for awards, I think chances of getting something with that cast with Solo, I would say is 60 to 70% higher if I knew what the financial situation was. This is exciting. This is amazing. Cool. This episode in particular, even more than the last one, has been like space opera on a humongous degree. The visually, oh my god. 
I mean, it just and that was just an incredible fight scene, and 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 like Yoda's premonition of, uh, you know, unlikely help he will find, was pretty awesome. And then like, like you know, look who it is, like mm-hmm. to to the rescue, fucking uh, Ventress. I need you to <laughs> send me as someone who's seen it more and the Soka expert when. Asajj is initially a- accused of being the one to being fuck that screwing with uh, Ahsoka. Is it Ahsoka that believes that, or or other people? Like, does Ahsoka think Ventress is the one and not Barris? I can't remember. Yeah, and so she goes after Ahsoka. She catches her because that's or, a great I mean, character Ahsoka, flaw sorry, of Ahsoka. Ahsoka goes after that Ahsoka after goes this, after you, Ventress, yeah. and then Ventress helps her get away um, because she's uh, on the run as there well. We go. And uh, wait, can I can so, yeah. give me another chance of asking that question? Because I, I didn't ask what I wanted to ask. Is is it the, just the audience, the way it's framed, that suspects that it's Ventress, or does Ahsoka openly think it's Ventress at some point? I just can't remember. Ahsoka openly thinks it's Ventress, okay. and she goes Which to find Ventress, flaw. and then Ventress convinces yeah. her that she it's not her because yeah. of yeah. Uh, something else. But it's a great, and, it's, and it's and it's yeah. clear. And then Ventress helps her get away. And then they're working together uh, briefly to uh, find uh, Barris, basically. Yeah, I just want to point out that that's a great – after what we just saw and how complicated she can be, you know, as much of a dummy as Thor can, is as a character, and that's why we love him and Chris Hemsworth is brilliant. But let's be honest, Simi, like he has rational reasons to trust Loki at certain times. At certain times he has irrational reasons to trust or distrust Loki, but there aren't rational times. And by the way, guys, right. if you haven't seen the, all the 32 photos of the Avengers are going to be in this film yet, uh, and you thought Loki and or uh, Gamora were really going to stay dead super long, then God bless you for your childish naivete. I'm thrilled that both of them are not dead, apparently, Simi, um, after our Infinity War podcast. Because listening back, I actually thought they were both dead for sure in it. Do you agree with my Loki comparison real quick as I queue up the next one and get the sound uh, pre- pre- prepared? Uh, do you agree with the Ventress-Loki comparison of like kind of dark side, kind of wants to do the right thing, not really sure? You can see why Obi- like she would help Obi-Wan here, but you could see why Ahsoka <laughs> would distrust her. I think it's a character flaw you of Ahsoka know, you, that she blames Ventress. Have- she should have seen Barris. I mean, for as strong as Ahsoka's force powers are and just her general instincts, man, it's a cool – this is a compliment to the writers and the character. It's a cool character plot because of her blind spot for Barris and their history that she suspects – I think she suspects Ventress as much because she doesn't want to believe that it's Barris as anything else. And Ventress No, I don't seems, think anyone knows it's Barris yet. No, no, no. Ventress, I think, tells her it's Var- Barris, to be honest. Yeah, she does. But, right. No, no, right. but what I'm saying is if Ahsoka wasn't so connected to Barris, her force mind reading is so good and her instincts are right, so good. Right, right, right. If it was right. – if it was, let's put this. If it was the character of Barris but they didn't have a history of being friends and in battle together and having affection. She would know. She would know. And I think that's an amazing right. way because otherwise Ahsoka is just the holy Lord Jesus who, who taketh all our sins from beginning to end. And guess what? That's not interesting. That's why they have her do reckless, stupid stuff with Anakin sometimes, right? And mm-hmm. I think just like Avengers – by the way, I told you Avengers was going to be three hours. Three hours and two minutes, official runtime on Avengers Endgame. And you know what? It's going to feel like – Watching Lord of the Rings, it's going to go by in two seconds. It's going to be great. And I think Star Wars, final movie, 
um, uh, will be probably two hours and 45 minutes because we have so much to do, dude. I mean, the original cast is gone. We got to set up the whole final battle. But my guess is, while Ray will never go dark, Ray has to make a huge, huge fuck up in the middle, by accident even, you know, in the middle of the final movie because she's done only the right thing and almost never fucked up whatsoever for more than two seconds and still made it interesting, which is such a crazy credit to Daisy Ridley. And I can't wait to see Ray in fucking person, man, because she's Luke Skywalker, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think to truly make this cast dimensional, because they've done it with Kylo for two films, okay? I mean, Simi, uh, just give, let's do two minutes here, and then that way we can just go right out of the outro of the final episode, which I'm really pumped for. But really quick, on my podcast... Real quick, hold on. Let me answer your first question. So, yeah, so oh, the one I'd actually... Can, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, earlier when you were talking about how Ventress and Nebula... Look the same. I think Nebula is also somebody Perfect. you can compare her to. Yep. Because That's she, Karen Gillen, yeah. you know, I mean, it's the easy one because they look alike and they're robotic and they're androgynous. Yes. You know, like if one of them said they were a lesbian, you'd yeah. be like, okay. Or if Except they said they were, that they were even with straight, the Nebula. Like, okay. Like, no, I you mean, can I tell how know. sexy she is. Like, that's what's so crazy is Karen Gillan is so gorgeous, even through all all of that. The character isn't because the character is very asexual because the character is very like, like, very like, like blinders on like rage, like constantly in the red, you know, unable to see anything else about the goal to like go kill somebody else. So but like but at some level that they still have this compromise that they eventually make through different relationships when they are uh, self-fulfilling. And then they also have, you know, some sort of a code and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, uh, so you were going to say two things, and then we, but we're going to dive into this. We're probably, viewers, we're going to take a pee break soon. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, we're gonna, then so let's talk for two like minutes. Really we'll take a pee break. Yeah. I'll get erased from the, the annals of history, because, as I like to call it. Um, because, uh, you know, that's what we do here. Um, mm. but I want to say, Simmy, in my podcast with Matt, Maddie G, who's a hardcore DC comics guy, we've done a ton of, he was one of my, he's my earliest like contributor, like guy. Like I didn't even come up with a mm-hmm. like, contributor idea until Matt. He loves Star Trek. He loves sci-fi, but he's a DC comics guy, but he likes the Marvel movies a lot. He actually likes them more than me. Um, he's more tolerant of stuff. He watches the CW, you know, Arrow and Flash. Like, he's cool with corny or not corny. He loves I watch those for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, but he does love the original trilogy, and he likes some of what's going on in the new movies, but he's just not a super crazy Star Wars fan. But uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Kylo Ren, and what I said was, what's crazy is Kylo is actually a way better and more interesting and compelling villain than I could have hoped for in my wildest fantasies, just from a, a screenwriting standpoint and performing it in the actor and the performance standpoint. And yet I still don't think it's reached his full potential. And mm. because Ray is super compelling because Daisy Ridley's awesome and Ray's awesome. They were able to get to Ray's three dimensions, like almost immediately because she generally is the good version of Luke Skywalker who just always does the right thing instinctively, but everyone likes in this, you know what I mean? Like th- that's a yeah, little yeah, easier yeah. to get to. And so I think the big challenge is can they 
can they get Kylo to Darth Vader territory? I mean, we, there's already a generation much younger than us that will grow up with Kylo Ren being their Darth Vader. And that's a credit to everything that's gone on, even with the mistakes that we, you and I have pointed out in the first two movies. Again, we'll have to see how they stick the landing. Um, nevertheless, we, uh, as we talk about bad guys here, because I just want to mention this before Celebration, and then we're going to take our pee break, and then we'll do the final episode, which is... Do you agree? I know you hate Kylo to death, but I know you at some level appreciate how brilliant Adam Driver is as an actor. Do you think there's another level? Just forget Kylo as being evil or scary or hateable or whatever. As an acting standpoint, do you think there's a third gear that could be reached in the final movie with Kylo Ren in particular as a distinct Star Wars bad guy? You mean being more evil or trying to switch sides? Um, either or both and making that even more convincing than usual is what I'm saying. I think... Like, could, I think, like, could he go even more evil but then you even like him more because the performance is so great? Is that what we're talking about with Adam Driver who like some a lot of people think was robbed not getting the Oscar this year? Look, I, I think perhaps the evil level that he goes to may be Oscar award winning a la... Um, a la Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator or something He's like that. He's way you know? beyond Joaquin. And I love Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. He's way beyond that with this role. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Iconic. But like, so Iconic. that's what I could see. But like, I don't see him being like, I don't see him coming back the way, you know, his grandfather did. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think he can really be. I, I don't know what the point of redeeming him would be. No, that's be, not my question. Because we're on the same page right. about this. We do not want him redeemed whatsoever. Right. Even if he right. has a sweet moment with Ray. Like, l- look, Simi, from the very beginning, I've said Ray's going to have to kill him and she's going to feel bad about it because she's Ray and he might even try and save her at some point, but she's still going to have to kill him even if she feels right. bad. I've thought that since the moment I saw Force Awakens and that hasn't changed. But what I'm asking is, is there a possibility J.J. Abrams combined with Adam Driver, have something up their sleeve that could make this not redeemable, which would be both corny and offensive, or just a straight Vader clone, which would be really cool. I'm not asking you to predict a third option. I'm saying, do you think the talent is there to make it possible? I want to believe. Oh, of course. Okay. It's okay. possible. Good. It's fucking possible. What I think is more likely, or what I believe the storyline to be, is... You know, pretty much. Look, I think they tried to do that in in um, in, in the Force uh, in the Last Jedi, and with him saving his mother, and then the mother, and she still, and then Leia still flies out of the fucking plane, and somebody else bombs it, and they realize that, like, you know, he's leading this entourage of people going to do it. So just because he didn't decide to shoot there, doesn't mean somebody else is. So, like, again, I don't see the redeeming. So, like, I'm done. Like, so. Yeah, sure, fine, but like I really see his brilliance in being just you know a, a, again I, all my passion in in when we when we did that um, that when we did that podcast was based on how much a, a good actor he is. Yes, I hated that's him so what I'm much. getting to. You know, ultimately, he was able to create the character. Yes, so yeah, and that, I know you. I, was, I know you well like, enough to know that's what was going was so on. So hateable. Yes, it, that's I why mean, I was. Like, I will fuck yeah. your wife. Yeah. Your wife moved. Well, I, like I told a you whore, off air. You know, is that I I really enjoyed that part of our commentary for two specific reasons. One is it just took me by storm 
the level to which the killing of Han Solo triggered you. And and I it, the fact that me being an irrational, emotional Star Wars fan as well, I, I just appreciated you having that experience. But also that I knew that you liked Adam Driver as an actor and was appreciating it on that level as well, which isn't always the case with villains that we hate. So, it, yeah, that's a great thing to so the audience because you and I are on the same page about sold through performance. Like, we talk about this with Saw. Why do we love Saw and a lot of people don't like Saw? A lot of people are like, oh, he's too weird. He's creepy. He's too broad. I'm like, you need those characters. You need those nutcase characters in your movies that are three-dimensional yeah, and just it's weird. Just fucking, otherwise, it's just like basic bitch shit. Yes. Like you need a crazy yes. – you need crazy Joe to show you the way. And that's you know, a good transition like, for the countdown that's about to come after we take the pee break that will get erased from history, which is – Maul was able to tap into that sort of thing where you love, hate, annoy, never want to stop, all combines that all into one. But he had, you know, more interesting arcs and more extended time on screen. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I, right? Got it. Yeah. But I think yeah. – uh, is it fair to say as, as a tease and then we'll get people to the countdown? Um, it's fair to say as a, as a tease that like structurally – the just weirdness of not knowing where they are, but the brilliant performances of both Maul and uh, 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 Forrest Whitaker and Saw Guerrera are related in that way. Also, how they're not really good guys, not really bad guys, and both at, at times, you know what I mean? And veterans. One man's freedom fighters, yeah. another man's uh, yeah. terrorists. Ventress, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, all about, it's yeah. all about the angles you look at it, you know? You're, you're so right to point out Ventress, by the way. Each time I watch the Clone Wars series, she becomes more and more one of my favorite and most interesting characters. All right, folks, so uh, it's time to queue up or start queuing up Season 5, Episode 1, Revival Simi. The reason I thought this was a four or five episode arc was I thought this all led to the Mandalore stuff. I forgot that in addition to two huge Ahsoka arcs and the Onderon arc in Season 5, there's the three or four episode Mandalore Mall showdown later in the season. Um, so I, I can't believe it. This this season five of Clone Wars is Desert Island, right there with season two of Rebels. No doubt, no doubt. Um, and I dude, wanna, so when is this? Let our viewers like just yes. in retrospect or retrospect just to to, yep. to mark it. When when are they leaving Netflix? April seventh. So we're recording this Tuesday, April second. It'll come out Wednesday, April third. Well, it's going to come out. Um, but it's available for purchase in 4K definition on Amazon. Um, What's the break on? Uh, you can't get it on Blu-ray the because they sell out everywhere. Like the solo Blu-rays okay. sell out everywhere. Yeah, whatever. Um, but you get it in 4K now on uh, Amazon. And by the way, you can also get 4K on Netflix now, people. Um, so get rid of your cable box for good because it was already inferior and now it's really inferior. Um, huh. And make sure you put aside 7 to $10 a month for Disney Plus because I know you're all buying it out there. So just admit it and get ready and give Disney your money because you want everything. You want Aladdin, Do you, think it will come you want with packages? King, you want Captain America, you want Ray and Ahsoka, you want the whole guy. That thing. Yes, there's going to be packages to me because there's going to be an option to include Hulu in the purchase for a discounted price because that's where you'll see Deadpool and Cable and Logan and X-23 and X-Force and the Defenders, which so again, sure, I predicted Hulu, is coming back. So for sure, Hulu is the partner. Who's the partner? Um, uh, really, uh, inside thing, Zimmy, that you'll just appreciate. And I have one thing about celebration, guys, and then Zimmy and I are going to count you in because we're going to do a pretty hard out um, out after this, as we've been doing. So we like to do a little bit. We sort of like do a little bit of a mini outro before the final episode. Uh, but Zimmy, actually, uh, 
Disney invested in Hulu a few years ago, A, because they're rich and they invest in everyone, uh, but B, Hulu actually has a great delivery service. Their software is excellent. And they actually hired Hulu about two or three years ago to work on the physical architecture and the digital architecture for their streaming service. And then they were like, hey, why don't we buy a 20% share in addition to you guys designing an awesome app that's like a 4.8 on the App Store as opposed to like a 2, right? Actually make a good app that works. Um, uh, Hulu can do that. Um, but now Hulu being a great content deliverer, doing great content of their own, it makes sense to put the rated R stuff there so you don't have to worry about it. But there's no way they're not going to try and do it. And because it's going to be right before Christmas, because it's Disney, they're going to say, get the first three months for something insane, like $10 or something. Like mm. They might even give people like a month for free, you know, $9.99 a month for both Hulu. I would not be shocked, $9.99 a month for both Hulu and Disney Plus going forward. I, I would not be shocked. As I have said to you from a sheer business decision, such an easy, with the money that they have, sale, that they just dropped $74 billion to get Fox, just as a comparison, $4 billion for Lucasfilm and Star Wars, $74 billion for Fox Studios, okay? So 20 times as much money. They have the money for it, and why not try and, like, get people who are already maybe sick of Netflix or, you know, whatever, and everyone's going to get Disney. Just outsell all your rivals, and then you can raise the price later like Netflix did would be my prediction. So we will be following the news. Uh, Simi, mm. um, can I just, uh, as a way of leading in here, as a final thought, rather than something philosophical that we go on for 15 minutes, just do logistics uh, sure. for the Clone Wars. So you mentioned when it's going off Netflix, but it's still going to be available, and we're still going to do that. Now, yes, we are. Uh, with Simi's permission, I think, just because of time, and we have literally at least three more full arcs to do, I'm going to record in a couple days with my buddy Abdil, who did a great Captain America Civil War commentary with me recently, normally the Star Wars stuff. Uh, we're going to do the Saw Guerrera, not Force Wind the original Saw Gerrera Onderon arc, which is kind of weird to me because it's a very different character. Um, uh, but it's also where we see Ahsoka have a crush for the first time. It's also we see Saw, Saw's brutal methods get even more brutal when, spoiler alert, his sister gets murdered, which informs his character later. You and I are still going to do a Saw podcast at some point where we go through all the stuff, the books, the movies, the cartoons, everything, just talking-wise. Um, but I do want to point out that am I correct in thinking that, oh, you know, from now, between now and obviously the end of the year, and maybe before that, but not necessarily next month, but like, we, we want to do both like Ahsoka with the baby Jedis, then the final showdown with Maul and Mandalore, and then the final Ahsoka arc, right? All three arcs are on, uh, sort of on the big board for the next, you know, three to six months, would you say? Well, I, I, I want to just go on the record to just tell everybody that originally I said we could just do them all. Uh, Which is what I think said, is happening. Because Andron leads right from this is the thing, Simi. I, so I'm actually on board with that. I really hope the one that you um, you do with our other correspondent uh, will obviously be tagged under the, uh, the Clone Wars Chronicles. And I think it should take, you know, if this is seven, then that should be eight. And I'm just not in it. You know, like no, include it because okay. it should be. Thanks, bud. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. And I think it's fun to, to switch it up, and we should. Um, branding, baby. So get more voices, more branding. You're still my senior yeah, correspondent, like why, dude. Why yeah. is it, what are you going to – what would you do? You know yeah. what I mean? Like just because it's not me? No, it's 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 a welcome taste. Yep. You know, I can't uh, – yep. my father always said you, you, you can't dance at uh, two weddings with one tuchus. Uh-huh. So – you know, we need a little different things happening. And like cool. I said, eventually I want to do as many as we possibly can. But yes, those are the arcs that we're talking about doing. And those are those are the ones that we should do. Um, 
you know, and then uh, maybe we'll come back and do more. Who knows? Yeah, that's Who awesome. Um, and and just to um, uh, and just to and just to point that out. So what happens is, so the Andoran arc is actually four episodes, Simi. So that was another one. So that's a four episode arc, and then uh-huh. it immediately launches into uh, a test of strength, which is the younglings in Ahsoka arc. That one might go five. Because you've got Hondo, the younglings. Oh, I mean, I there's, there's a ton. Let's see. Test Strength, Bound for Rescue, Necessary Bond, Secret Weapon. So, yeah, that's a four-episode arc with Ahsoka and the younglings. And then there's a couple of, like, droid episodes. So those would be the ones we maybe do, maybe don't do. But then it immediately goes into the Maul vs. Mandalore um, super arc and then immediately mm-hmm. into the Ahsoka uh, you know, in Jedi Council arc. So at most, right. we'd be skipping one or two standalones in the middle, but sure, throw them in there. Why not? This season's fucking amazing. Right. All right, man. Cool. So without further ado. Yes. Well, no, I have one question for you before we go. So celebration. Yes. Oh, sorry. If, 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 if you, if, there's one thing you want, not necessarily want me to do, but you would want to do, or like, like I, I, maybe I should be thinking about at celebration. What, what, what should it be? What would you do if you could, if you could jump into my body for a couple hours during one of the celebration days, what would you do? I would, uh, I would. Wow. That's a like, do you want to see the cosplayers? I, do you want to see like the panels? Do you want to see the games? There's a the entire giant room dedicated to video games and board games and stuff like that. Like, you know, they, they have the cantina. Like, there's places you can hang out. Yeah, man. Day, I have drinks. Wander around and take exactly. So, like me, I'm a food picturer. So, you know, I would I would take pictures of like what I was doing, what I was eating, what I was drinking, where I was, and then like try to get some good. Uh, like overall views that someone could get a feel for the room you're in, you know, like some things I went to when I was in Portugal recently, uh, like I couldn't get the, there's no way I could explain this castle I was in in pictures. It was Mm -hmm. just too big. You know, and I didn't have the right yeah. camera. And uh, this would be a good time as any to announce, Bizzlecast listeners, that I'll be doing a bunch of, like, video shorts just, like, on my iPhone while I'm there that I'll, you know, release on social media. But then I'll put together in, like, a montage awesome. after the fact. And uh, along with my buddy Ethan, who's my young upstart uh, video games uh, senior contributor and gave me his amazing PC rig from, that's only, like, two years old. is insanely powerful. Uh, that he uses for gaming, I'm going to be using for video editing. So there is going to be a a major push in relatively near future because I'm doing this professionally as well to do video content. So you might actually see uh, Simi's beautiful face and my so-so face uh, on the screen as a possible way of experiencing these things in the future and not just our amazing voices. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, I got voice and not face. I'll, I'll take one out of two. <laughs> So if I could actually do, I actually thought I had a second to think about your question. If I could actually do something, my 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 fantasy, my um, grandiose fantasy, yes. would be to have some sort of a casual interaction with one of my crushes, uh, 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 like actor wise, um, in some or just some actor, even with like Hayden, like just like somebody. Just be like, 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 you know, I, I would love to, to talk to Hayden for 90 seconds. I'd be like, no, dude, no, no, you are a baller. And like, <laughs> take a piss next to him. Yeah. Then be like, hey, you man, are awesome. Dude. You're the best. Yeah. Or just like a yeah. little. Yeah. Just a, that would be. No, you know what I'd say? I'd be like, dude, first of all, thank you for coming back to the community. We, we fucking love you. Second. 
how geeked were you to, to be with Natalie Portman like day after day, week after week? <laughs> like, because not only is she gorgeous and amazing, she's also like one of the sweetest and coolest people and smartest people on the planet. You know, she was a, you know, cum, cum laude Harvard grad. Let's not forget that as well. So, or you could, or, or you could be like, and third, is she here? Can you yeah. <laughs> Can I just get a selfie? You know? Like, she doesn't even be looking at the camera. Like, but not have it be creepy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right, dude. All right, buddy. Uh, here we go. This was great. Uh, hopefully have you on. Um, if you do get you on before, uh, before, won't be, well, maybe for Celebration, definitely before Avengers, we'll get the Doctor Strange in because that's more than three weeks away. Um, that'll be the next one. And then after Celebration, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, you and I will have a talk off mic about what we want to do for coverage. But this was just part of the logistical thing, which is we're definitely going to go back to just doing some straight up nerd out news stuff because we're going to be getting an unbelievable influx of news starting literally the day I land in Chicago and the conference starts because they're going to drop all the trailers and all the information and all the release dates for all the things. So I'm going to come back on like the... 16th or 17th of april uh and then we'll sort of parse it out right but but you down to do just like a straight up you know old school like let's just talk about news and crazy theories we have star wars yeah podcast. i mean we gotta do the book a little bit too i, can, I got to about queen's it, gambit so, master yeah, and apprentice hopefully at some point yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, the gin yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. saw book club um you know what i mean the urso the urso guerrera book club or whatever uh saw 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 thon as we called it so awesome right. dude all right guys so star wars Clone Wars Season 5 Episode 1 This is not the end Or even the middle But just the beginning Of Maul So you know They keep building Towards these unbelievable That's the thing About the Clone Wars Man Is like Everything builds Towards Season 5 And all the major characters And all the major arcs Just go off the rails In all the best ways So this is a great Intro to Maul Sam Witwer is a genius I would love Simi actually As someone Who specifically Doesn't like Gollum But we know He was told to do Sort of a Gollum-y Maul thing uh, com- like by Filoni in this character's performance. I would love to hear you just talk film-wise about the way they rebirthed Maul, his personality change or expansion. Is that something that we can that you can focus on? Because I, I, I talk Absolutely. a lot about that. And, of course, the solo movie, which you both love. So I'm going to do the countdown. Simi will give us the seven count. We're back to the yellow Clone Wars logo. So I guess everything is okay. All right, guys, here Ish. comes the countdown. Three, two, one, and play. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And Bryce Harper goes yard again. Go. Strength of character can defeat strength in numbers. That's in my top three or five. I totally agree with that on every level. They are just scary as fuck. Do you agree with me that the Infinity War spaceship designs was like a gauntlet throwdown and a positive challenge to Star Wars to step up their spaceship stuff? I mean, the space stuff in Infinity War is is really better than anything we've seen in Star Wars since the original trilogy in terms of brand new stuff. Look at this, though. I mean, that just made me think of this. The, the ship stuff in Clone Wars is off the charts. Okay, nerd porn. Sorry, I'll stop. Well, I think Droids with guns. some of the older stuff, those big... <laughs> big doors like this and Droids just big fucking freighter ship yeah. the, the, let yeah, K2 fly the ship they did a great K2 job can of. literally kill them all by flying the ship but they won't give him a gun it's hilarious exactly my theory is he like accidentally almost killed a rebel one time because he's K2 and they're like no more guns 
I love the part where she where he's like, "How did you know it wasn't me?" <laughs> and that's the best look on Felicity Jones's face. It's so funny. She's totally unconvincing. Of course I did. Yeah. And she's like, "I didn't." No. <laughs> she's like, "I fucking no. didn't." They both I'm sorry, know. dude. I'm really just starting to get a hold of like the I like you, you know, yeah. like and, and the thing is with the Rogue One is when you get to the point where you realize the Cassian said I had to is actually a conscious loving comment to her and not actually making fun of her. It's such so beautiful. Makes the end sadder. Okay, here we go. Dude, speaking of droids, I've been, I mean, again, recounting um, K2's relationship, or not K2. Um, K3. Uh, K3's relationship K5, with, uh, yeah. Is she going <laughs> up or down in terms of your liking of her over time? It's stagnant, but yeah. she, but always up. I mean, I love her character. I don't like the sound mix. She's too loud, and and, and her voice is grating to me. It's nothing to do with the actress or the character. I just don't like the sound. Uh, mix. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but I'm the guy who adjusts my volume on podcasting music literally every three seconds. I'm just super sensitive in the in the oral region. If you know what I'm saying. I have to like spend a little bit more time listening to her voice because I think there's something that she reminds me of, like, or maybe the personality wise of some other character and some other thing that like I find uh, like intriguing. Well, what's interesting is the fact Familiar. that she specifically walks and looks like a female with her hips is something that people, women, man, men praise or not praise. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is it. This is why they've been setting up Savage's powers for so long, Simi, for this. Yeah, dude. I mean, we saw how powerful Savage is, and we've only like referenced how powerful like mm-hmm. Maul may be, and like how easily he just destroys him. Is like, yep. And but remember, Savage and Maul fight like Sith. And who are the two that almost the three that have almost beaten or beaten Maul temporarily or permanently are Ahsoka, Kanan, and eventually Obi Wan twice. He does not know how to yeah. fight against the patient samurai, you know, old school Japanese samurai, crouching tiger, you know, chow young fat type. He doesn't know how to fight against oh. that, but against other darksiders, he owns them. He owns the Inquisitors. He owns Savage. He probably could own Vader. Because they run out of motion and not logic and reason. But so also their style, their tactical, right. right. He, he their can't, style is all yeah. emotional. It's he all can't emotional. imagine it's a defensive direct. style. He can't imagine, if he, yeah. If you look at Vader, Vader's chopping style is known, and he throws his lightsaber. You know, like, that's what he's known for, right? Yep. So, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, so – it's, like, almost like little kid, like, just yep. stomping around. But he's so powerful, those chops will chop you down. Yep. And he's so powerful, though, if he decides to throw his lightsaber, yep. like, he'll fucking kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. – so, it, it, but it's really this like this 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 real rough edge like you know immature weak style yeah. like it's there's no style to it it's just pure anger and emotion power and speed and as you know? I've, and like as I've hypothesized and gone on about par- Vader is brutal with the with the lightsaber but he can't move super fast because of his body situation and so he has to use force powers not just to show off like in Rogue One but in general he has to use force powers with the lightsaber because let's be honest Ahsoka could have killed him in a one-on-one lightsaber battle in Twilight of the Apprentice she damaged him greatly and let him go she could have killed him that little tiny thing he's not a great pure lightsaber battle character and again that flaw invader actually makes him cooler 
Yeah, I mean, he was always slow moving. I wonder if, like, in re, 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 rethinking his canon, that, like, maybe they would think of him more like Maul, like, as, like, his robotic legs. Because mm-hmm. he's supposed to have, like, straight up robotic mm-hmm. legs. Mm-hmm. But they make him, like, almost, you know, they make him, like, an anvil, mm-hmm. you know, like, strong as a fucking steel. Um, and able to push whatever, but, but, you know, like Jason in the horror movies, like just slow moving and like, he's going to get you. He's going to get you, but, but like, he's going to get you very slowly. But then yep. sometimes he moves very quickly in yep. terms of like in the small spaces, yep. you know, you look at like what happens in the beginning of, uh, the, the the beginning of a new hope the end of rogue one Ooh. um you know and he he just you know annihilates the people slaughter. and he's just cutting every through everybody like butter um but you know it's still at some level right. slow motion Timmy, here's the question with clone wars being under lucas and not disney on the late night on the cartoon network they could murder people they got away with a decent amount of murder in Rebels, considering it was a Disney project. Rogue One, obviously, is like the most violent Disney movie ever released. Siege of Mandalore, do you think they're going to just go for it and have it be that, you know, like, we're going to just blatantly kill good guys over and over again because it's a dark war, Clone War story? They have the guts to do it? You know, I hope so. Me too. I mean, I, I, hope think, so. I think with a lot of stuff they've done you know, with Disney, I think they've been able to separate that, yeah. like, they're going to not, if, if they want to own everything, they're going to have to have it. Yes. If this is running on Plus barometer. with Rogue One and it's the same channel or whatever, it, this in, then it, of course they can do it, right? Because they've already released it. Oh, Hondo. Best side character ever. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, will it? Mm. We got briefly disconnected, I think, there. Were you still hearing me? Oh, no, I wasn't. I'm sorry. Okay. It was brief, though, if it was. So Hondo's an example Wait, of... Wait, does this end in this episode? Yeah. This really ends in this episode? Yeah, this is just the intro, man. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We may need to just do three more. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, baby. Oh, I love the passion. I love it. This That's- doesn't really end here. Yeah. That's what uh, I was saying. Have to do three that's more. what I was saying. I mean, that's what I was saying yeah. earlier about Star Wars, man. It has that effect on people. Doesn't matter what other properties you like. Only Star Wars can do that. Make you act irrationally constantly as an adult. I love it. Mm. Mm. Although from my perspective, I hope totally there's rational. a good dis- I hope there's a good discount if you buy the whole like fucking thing. Like all like six seasons. It looks like it's thirty dollars a season. There's no just wafer plus. Look, well, I'll make it happen on Amazon in the meantime. We'll share Amazon. It's not that expensive. It looks even better than Netflix, to be honest with you. It runs better than Netflix. And then mm-hmm. by the time we revisit this in the fall, it'll be on uh, Disney Plus. Um. By the way, hey, I hey, still girl, haven't done the Saw Rebels episodes. episodes. So you, you are invited on those as well if you wanted to be on Daily Rebels doing uh, Ghost of Geonosis Parts 1 and 2 Season 3 with Forrest Whitaker.
Am I losing you? Yeah, it's it's going in and out with the connection. The recording's still going now, so let's just keep going. Okay. Yeah. So Hondo is fucking awesome. I love the Hondo and uh, uh, Ezra shit in Rebels. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. They took the same fucking character. He's hey the man, same talk. Character. We just talk for the next minute or so. I'm gonna turn off some other devices to get the internet connection better on my end. Go ahead. I'm gonna mute myself. I'm still listening. So, so Honda, like, I think is the most underestimated character in a lot of shit because he's just a fucking survivor and he can manipulate crews. So, uh, he can really, he's like an, an inspirational tool. And he, 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 he reminds, I've told you this before. He reminds me of Yandu that like, he's just a fucking leader, you know? And like, in the end, he usually comes out on top and he's a fucking survivor and he's a, you know, he's a filthy pirate, but he does have a certain code and he does, you know, uh, he's able to help out in certain areas. So he teams up with, you know, Obi-Wan here and, and Ezra in, um, several times with Ezra in Clone Wars, or I'm sorry, in, in, in Rebels. So uh, I, I just I really like his character as a whole. Like he's kind of, uh, he's cocky, he's fun, he talks some shit. There we go. Some comic relief. Oh, man, I love the UFOs or the Starship Enterprises, whichever. Dude, you would it. love playing Destiny so much. I, I don't want to get you hooked. I'm almost glad you'll have a PlayStation 4. It's like this. Yeah, the dude. whole game is this. Literally, the whole game is like playing the Clone Wars over and over again. You know, I don't know if I like fighting that many people at once, but whatever. Well, that that of course is my critis- my critique of some of this. It's like the giant war scenes can be exhausting as beautiful as they are. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about some of the latter matrixes. I like yeah. I like the first well, one. Well, the thing about the, Destiny the is good, you but. can play it as a single player game that just has population of, of multiplayer, but like you're not actually drawn into any major battles. You can play it as mm. a Call of Duty game with just people around, but then you get sucked into battles where you want to help other like real players because it's PvE, it's not PvP. It's not it's not humans fighting humans. It's almost always humans fighting the AI whether you're on the same official team or not. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Throwing in with It's like, you know how every time Ahsoka or Anakin has the chance to get into any battle, no matter how irrational to save people, they do it. And that's why we love them. It's that kind of thing. It's rec- it's the, right, it's the right. reckless, stupid heroism, as I talk about. And what I love about Captain America, Obi-Wan, this Anakin, and Ahsoka is the reckless, stupid heroism. Because to me, I truly believe without reckless, stupid heroes in our world, we will not survive. So uh, this is one of the rarities. Uh, murder, murder, are... murder. Hondo is a horrible person, people. I'm sorry. You can look at Hondo in the Clone Wars and say he's like sweet Uncle Hondo. He is a bad guy in season five of, of this show. Well, he's a bad guy. No, he's a fucking pirate. He's a filthy pirate. He's but worse than Yondu. Much worse that, than Yondu. Uh, Savage is about to kill this other Jedi right here. Yep. Uh, which is pretty crazy that they actually like, a lose character. a Jedi. Yeah. You know, her look so, is so cool. Oh, this, this needed to happen. Scene. She loses her shit. She's not a strong. Je- well, I mean, that's not true. I shouldn't bash her, dude. The light side of the force and the dark side. When it comes to physical force, the dark side has a built-in advantage, which makes spectacular fighters like Obi Wan here that much more impressive. 
When it comes to physical force, if you had to put it on the spectrum from light to dark, it would be on the dark side of the force by definition, right? So they but always you have throw, an advantage. Let me throw you for a loop right now. You're telling me that fucking Obi Wan has zero goddamn emotion right now. No, 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 no. For no, some no, no, reason, no, no. he's able. No, you're to, reading like, into previous conversations. What I'm saying is. Obi-Wan being one of the best fighters, good or bad, he actually, it's more impressive to be a great light side Jedi fighter like Rey and Obi-Wan than it is a dark side Jedi fighter because you can so easily draw from the anger of the dark side of the force. But to draw rationally from emotion like Rey and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan is more impressive and can make you more powerful. And why he, look, when Obi-Wan puts his mind to it, he kills Darth Maul quickly twice. Twice. God, so this is fucking brilliant. This is this is fucking brilliant. I, I mean, I I bet oh, the writing for Hondo. I'm gonna fucking Hondu. go get Ahsoka. I'm gonna fucking go get Anakin. I'm gonna fuck you guys up, yo. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna fuck you guys up. But he's like, wait a minute. I have a plan. the writing for Hondo and the in Rebels is better because it's a more Firefly esque series, and characters like Hondo are perfect in the Firefly Han Solo. Uh, Lando Calrissian type universe, and th- so as great as he is here, the the older Honda who is a little bit better and a little bit more mischievous and has the soft side for Ezra, but is also funnier. They write for him great. I laugh out loud lines doing Rebels commentary with Honda man. Numerous episodes. Oh yeah, baby. This is fucking awesome. So not only aren't we seeing the Mandalore stuff in this arc, we aren't seeing the fight with the, the triple fight with Luminara and Barris and Ventress. Oh my god, and Ahsoka, Jesus Christ. God, he's such a badass. He's still Obi-Wan fucking Kenobi. And he'll take Oh, these guys both ditched out. him. We t- I totally missed I forgot it. Yeah. He's like, yo, I still got this, man. And Kenobi. But so. because it's the same voice actor and writers and animators, they make it a smooth continuum. And that 18-year time jump between the prequels and the original trilogy is the perfect amount of time for characters to evolve. Like, oh, I don't know, Ahsoka Tano? I love his different level that Obi-Wan has taken this to. Do you know why, do you know why I think Ahsoka of all the great reasons Ahsoka is great is that she was already a 10 out of 10 in Clone Wars, but she's even better in Rebels. <laughs> it's just, a, they keep finding newer ways to make Ahsoka cooler in ways we never expected. I can say that about a lot of the characters. And that is just, I mean, everything's an upward trajectory on Star Wars for me, man. I honestly. He's so smart. He's like, <laughs> Reunification. he's like, Oh, he's because he's involved in Onderon, right? That's why they're introducing Hondo here. He becomes like a war profiteer. Yep. Oh, he's always a war profiteer. He's a no, pirate. but in that fight, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. This there goes is so the arm. brilliant. So Star Wars. He's just a better fighter. So now we got Obi Wan with two lightsabers, Maul with one, and they flee because Savage is in bad shape now. He lost at, the fucking arm. Look at the green. He's, I mean, they're He's literally being held together by smoke, you know, yeah. whatever. I, the fact that they're made of force magic is, is really beyond even most fantasy scenarios. It's crazy. Well, that was the, you know, we were diving into that a little bit about what is magic. Sometimes magic is within a person. Sometimes magic mm-hmm. is, uh, like within a, uh, a artifact, but sometimes magic just is like sometimes creatures are just magic. Like for example, like 
They're tricks. Magical birds and fillery are just fucking magical birds or rabbits or yep. whatever. Yep. As, as as my favorite living fantasy writer since childhood and still till today, Raymond D. Feist, or the Rift War saga, yep. says with one of his main characters, magic are just tricks that are at such a high level that people can't understand it. But it's just nature and tricks. That's all magic is. It's understanding nature and how to trick things, trick the universe, essentially, using nature. It's awesome. It's just intelligence at a different fucking level. I mean, Stephen Hawking was a mage, you know? I mean, let's be honest. Right. Right. There's no way he should have lived that long or communicated that greatly using a fucking keyboard and mouse. (laughs) Like, it's impossible. He, he was he was incredible. using the living force to stay alive that long and do what he did. It's amazing. Yeah, God. Stephen and Hawking lived more live like that. in those forty years in the wheelchair. Man, he lived more than millions of humans will even think about living. Whoa! And this is video game shit right here. Unbelievable. I was disappointed you didn't get into Mass Effect because to me that's the greatest video game sci-fi universe world building wise that's out there. But maybe the gameplay is kind of dated. So the thing is, his arm is already fucking sealed. Oh wow, that's fucking. That crazy. no, that's the thing. This is my problem with the lightsaber dynamics. I'm always complaining about is that is actually what it would happen with a pure something as hot as the sun. If it cuts you quickly, it would seal the wound. It would cauterize, as they say, the wound immediately. But I think that's the point. Do you know what I mean? Like why it's more civilized weapon. Yeah. It's not a crude blade or a blaster. Uncivilized. Right. Dude, the Ewan McGregor... The fact that Ewan McGregor has denied it for 20 years, everyone knows it's happening. I mean, how do you not do the Ewan McGregor series? He's so brilliant. He's as good as the original cast. He is as good as the original cast. Maybe better. And he's the fucking main character at some level. I mean, at some level, it's Anakin and Ahsoka, but he's still, mm-hmm. you know, Obi-Wan. Sammy, 20 years from now, you will have people that think that uh, Alec Guinness is doing an old man impression of Ewan McGregor, honestly. God, he's so cool. He's my favorite. Obi-Wan's the best. Obi-Wan's the best. I couldn't write a Star Wars story. I mean, Ahsoka's what made me passionate about it, but I never could do it without Obi-Wan as the rock. And in fact, I, one thing I want to talk to you about, <laughs> we haven't had time, is I would love if you'd read a couple handpicked chapters of it and give me feedback about the dialogue between the two of them. Of course. We won't be able to share this with the audience, but that was a fucking hilarious line, by the way. He goes, yeah, isn't that interesting? He's like, I cut him in half, and he came back for me, motherfucker. <laughs> God, I can't understand why this motherfucker is in the same room with them and they don't know he's so evil. It's so crazy. Dark side virgins, ancient Sith temple, and guess who time period it's going to be as the Game of Thrones movies are going to take during the time period with the Sith temples on Coruscant that is now affecting everyone in this room. Woo! Motherfucker. We're going to get all that old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic Ugh. stuff, man. It's going to be awesome because it's medieval. It's the beginning of the Jedi and the Sith and wars with the Mandalorian. I mean, everything's going to connect. There's a reason Compared they're focusing on the Mandalorian. The Dude, the literally all th- three of the four or five major properties we know are in production or going to be in production are the Mandalorian, which is Mandalore, the Siege of Mandalore with Clone Wars, and the Old Republic, which is going to very strongly feature medieval era Mandalorians. It's great how they're exploring it. I hope we get more Sabine. 
I hope we get more. Per- yeah, I love um, you. I love Yoda's. You know, I, I'm so wise. This is a personal matter. His, and he's completely clouded as to Chancellor Palpatine. You have to admit, though, dude, the Sith Virgins is the only thing to explain that Yoda is completely not blind. hip to Palpatine, even so what's a little fucking bit. Happening? Right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. forget Mace Windu, who gets angry easy. Forget Obi Wan, who's kind of young. Right, this right, this guy right there. There it is. But dude, as we as we close up this episode, <laughs> you you have to admit, have to admit the best evidence for for the Sith Virgin's effect, as I call it, on Cursant is Yoda's inability to see anything. It's really crazy. It's <laughs> they're in the same fucking room. He's able to know Ventress is going to team up. Yeah. With fucking Obi Wan and some random fucking planet, but guess who can save him? Guess who doesn't want to train Luke? Is Yoda in Empire? Guess who has to convince Yoda in Empire? It's Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm telling you, dude. Obi Wan has always been wiser than Yoda. He's just much younger and much more junior in seniority. But Obi Wan is clear minded throughout the prequels. He's blinded the fact that Anakin's about to go dark, but no one could have right. seen it that radically coming. That's part of the problem with both the movie itself and the conception is, you know, that, that it, it seemed almost unbelievable. And again, why he preys on Hayden for an almost impossible flip performance with that whole thing. But once Obi-Wan sees it, he knows immediately that quicker than Padme, man, he knows that he's lost Anakin. As soon as it happens, Obi-Wan is fully aware that he's lost it, lost his student, right? And yeah. so he's the wisest. And so can I, can I ask you a hypothetical about Obi-Wan? And then we'll do closing thoughts, which is, uh, again, when I talked with Matty G about Star Wars versus comic book stuff recently, I said... If you look at not just the original trilogy like when we watched it, but now with everything we've seen the Clone Wars and the prequels and the literature, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. pretending to not know who Luke was or that stuff was going down on Tatooine at the beginning of A New Hope is clearly him just pretending to be a dumb old man the way Yoda's pretending to be a dumb old alien. He doesn't Empire. really pretend to not know who he is. He pretends to not know. That, no, but like, that's, what, that's what people say who only saw the original trilogy is that, oh, yeah, Obi-Wan's just a crazy old man and Luke gets him back on the path. I'm like, no, guys, that's not what's happening. That's not. Really? There, there's a reason. I again, I'm. I'm I know. I'm well, we're, in, right. Uh, but, dude, do you agree with me? There, that he. Hey, that sounds crazy. If he can sense. From the other side of the galaxy that Alderaan got blowed up, you're telling me he can't sense that Luke's family is dying or about to die mere kilometers from where they are, and that he keeps telling stories and finding reasons to keep Luke in his place so that he doesn't get killed by the stormtroopers, and like then even when Luke runs off, you know, is like he even tries to stop Luke. Then he's Obi Wan sees the prophecy from Luke yeah. from the beginning, as I said in our. Because uh, you, you weren't like, told. Well, hold on, hold on. Because you were not told. Because I listened to this. You were not totally on board with this with New Hope. Is that I think Obi Wan saw the path from the very beginning that he had to get Luke off the planet, and if that meant hiding the fact that he knew that his family was dying, because that would be the only thing to get him going. I, I, then he would do it at that age after everything he's seen with Anakin and Ahsoka and right. Yoda and everything. I'm just saying, I, I don't think most people realize whether it was intended by Lucas in 1977 or not. At this point, you must look at the Obi-Wan in New Hope as 0% crazy old man, crazy old man. It's completely a front to keep people away from him. He knows exactly what's going on in the comics. They talk about this and the mainline Star Wars comics 
Um, and some might say that's less interesting, but I don't think so. I think it's just him maturing and realizing that it's not about – it's the same reason I said he would lose a, a small-term battle on purpose because he sees he can win the long-term battle down the road. That's exactly what's happening, and that's why he gives I, up himself to Vader. He knows Vader is going to kill him, even though he tells Vader. He says specifically to Darth Vader, he says, if you kill me right now, I will become so powerful you can't even imagine. And he stands there and lets Vader do it to, for the thrill of it. You know, Invader has no idea, you know, but Obi-Wan sees the entire thing. Um, and, and I think to me, he's the best, most complicated, most interesting, most developed. He's cool in every form, animated, prequel, original series, and so forth. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi so much. And uh, I guess my final comment about these episodes was how great of Obi-Wan episodes they were. So I think, I, I think it was the will of the Force that... Uh, that Luke and and Obi Wan met that day when the Sand People attacked Luke when he was looking for the droid with the message for Obi Wan. Uh, I don't. So I don't think Obi Wan knew that that was that Tuesday was the day. I actually think Obi Wan just happened to be out for a fucking walk around that area, right? And like the will of the Force brought them together uh, as the droid was heading in the direction to give him the message. Um, so, so, but I believe that you're correct that Obi-Wan was ready to jump into play as soon as said, uh, as soon as it was ready to happen. You know what I mean? So like you don't think like, Obi-Wan he, he was watching Darth Vader above the planet? No, so no, no, he yes, can yes, sense yes, Alderaan yes, yes, from, yes, 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 yes. he can sense Alderaan. So you don't think that. he doesn't have a sense? Uh oh, Anakin Skywalker is hovering above my planet. The things are in motion. As I remember, uh, Mon Mothma and Jimmy Smith in Rogue One. Your friend, the Jedi. Yes, I trust her. There's no one I trust more. Yes, Leia. So perhaps he was on his way. And that even more explains why my Ahsoka day. visiting him. Like I said, the will yeah. of the force. The will of the yeah. force brought them together. Right. So maybe he was yeah. coming to check on Luke. That well, day. and that's actually. But yes, he's just sitting yeah. there. He's sitting there. Yeah. What, he's sitting there living within ten miles of Luke. Right. You know, for for old for, crazy man, you know, twenty yeah. years or whatever, uh, watching over him. Yes. And uh, yeah, he gets a bad feeling. Heads that way. Right. The droids are heading that way. Right. He saves him from the sand people. And you know, episode four continues. Correct. Yep. And that's that was and, actually one of the original motivations for my uh, Obi-Wan Ahsoka story I've still been working on, was not just to explain what Obi-Wan's doing the whole time, which it is, not just to introduce time travel. I introduced time travel to explain how Obi-Wan aged, but also how he could have an adventure without actually leaving his place, which is the whole point. Um, right. He could have an adventure with Ahsoka. It would also make sense, Ahsoka, as the lead agent fulcrum for 15-plus years for Jimmy Smith, a.k.a. Bail Organa, it would make sense to me that Ahsoka would have visited Obi-Wan any time within months to a few years before the uh, events of the original movie. And so he would have some sense to at least be right. explaining what you were saying so that, yes, right. even with his crazy prophecy powers and force powers, if he just talked to Ahsoka briefly and being like, yeah, there's a rebellion gearing up. That he would then see the him guarding Luke. Think about that. If you're Obi-Wan on the planet with no communications, 
you think Luke's going to be the chosen one no matter what. But then you hear that there's a rebellion in motion with people you trust, like Bail Organa and Ahsoka Tano. Then all of a sudden you're like, I'm definitely letting Luke's family die to get Luke off this planet. I mean, I hate to say it, but as a philosophical utilitarian, you, the viewer, listener... If you agree with what the Rebellion is doing in taking down the Empire and Luke Skywalker defeating <laughs> Vader and Palpatine, you must agree with the decision of Obi-Wan to consciously let his family die. I hate to say it, right? But but, but you, they had to get Luke off the planet, and that was the only way. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, this was great. We got it. That was a great ending. Uh, Absolutely. Little tangent we went on with some great lore for you. That's some. That's some added bonus. Yes. Shit, guys. So yes, I hope sir. You're paying attention. Yes, sir. Well, we have been talking so. about the Sith virgences from the beginning and right. the Old Republic stuff with the Game of Thrones guys in movie form. By the way, dude, this isn't TV series. This is an actual movie trilogy, film trilogy. Um, we're gonna get tons of that lore explained. You know, the the during Twilight of the Apprentice, that old Sith temple that they're in will be explained because that's from that time period as well, the Mandalorian Wars, etc., etc. There's going to be a back-and-forth conversation. Even though they're 3,000 years apart, there's going to be conversation between the Jon Favreau Mandalorian team and the Game of Thrones Double Ds uh, team, uh, um, uh, Weiss and Benioff, um, because they will be dealing with the history of the Jedi, Sith, and Mandalore going throughout the ages again i'm not even at celebration i haven't seen the title or the new trailer i'm already so pumped about star wars in the future i don't know i know marvel's making all the money on the surface for any shit it puts in the theater but in the long run i continue to think star wars is a sustainable franchise because the storytelling is off the charts the level of personnel they have everything is off the charts and it's a family experience to me and while Comic-Con does have all ages, I'm thrilled to like actually see many examples of three or four generations of family together at Celebration celebrating Star Wars together with little girls dressed as Rey and Ahsoka and boys dressed as Finn, Poe, and even Kylo Ren. That makes me really happy, man. And, and that's a built-in advantage for Star Wars, and I wanted to have that advantage. And I know that you agree with me. Absolutely, dude. Well, this was, this was great. Awesome. Really awesome. Have so, a great time. Thank uh, you. Keep me posted. I will. I will follow you on Facebook yes. and other forms of media. Yes. And, uh, dude, we'll have some good things to talk about when you get back. All right, buddy? Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Strange, we'll do it. Try and get yeah. in before the Avengers. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Simi. That was super fun as always, even though we always think these arcs go like nine episodes. And they were like, wait, what, what is it? Um, but God, there was tons of good stuff. I can't wait for the rest of season five. We will be getting to that you soon. Hope you Bizzlecast listeners enjoy the podcast. And we've got the Andron with me and Abdil coming out in a few days as well. Then back with Simi for Ahsoka, Maul, Mandalore, Satine, the whole thing. May the force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out. Rrrr.